Steve Mannion here, writer and creator of this smash comic, Fearless Dawn, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> That was absolutely glorious. Glorious. Well, um, it should be. I mean, uh, there's some good things today. I mean, I'm staring right at it. And it's Hell yeah. Since maybe that's why it's. Hell yeah. There was some good things. <laughs> yeah. Pleasantly surprised. Stunned even. Seriously. Right? Yes. Yes. Yep. Two out of three. Ain't bad. Sure. Says meatloaf. Remember when Christopher Lee fucked up on Saturday Night Live? I'll never forget that when Meatloaf was a musical guest and Christopher Lee came out and he said, "I would love, I would like you to meet Loaf." Like he didn't know the name of the band was Meatloaf. Oh really? Yeah. That's but it's hysterical. it's Christopher Lee, so you got to cut him a, cut him a little yeah. slack. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna be stupid by the end of this episode. Oh yeah, in turn, ABV. You'll hear. He's multiple days off or, or agreeing with you. Hell yeah. And tomorrow, my girl graduates. Oh, you're going to be verklempt as fuck. I know. Not even good. Can you imagine the day we drop her off at RIT? I'm going to be a puddle of goo. You oh, be. yeah. You sure are. I'm not looking forward to it. Nope. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jason Lynch should show up after that. Can you? I, 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 I wouldn't need... That would be great. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah, I just be. found out one of Colin's buddies who's a sophomore... Is go- is dating a senior and going to the prom tonight? My man, this guy is a fucking pimp. That's awesome. Go. He's yeah. like the most unassuming little guy too. He looks like a baby still. He doesn't even like look like he's gone through puberty. Mm, I'm thinking he's he pulling, did. He's pulling the captain of the cheerleading teams. Good God. Yeah. yeah. He's Patrick Payne. You know he's packing. I, dude, I, I swear <laughs> to you. So Beth is telling me about this story. She's like, "Did you know that that Max is going to the senior prom date? Is dating Samantha?" I'm like, "Wait, what?" And as soon as she said it, I'm like, dude must have a cannon. Seriously. <laughs> but I'm not going to say that to her. But I'm thinking, word must have traveled through that school far and wide that my dude is packing. He's got a bazooka. Because there's it. no other explanation for it. Well, he could be a wonderful human being. He is, but I mean. Right? I just know how to use it then. I mean, that, that that's a waste. He doesn't, yeah, but she, maybe she's teaching him. That's what I'm saying, right. So as, I mean, as long as something good comes out of it, yes. Right. Yeah. I already know the answer to this. Does his parents have money? Um, not no, like not in a disproportionate way to her parents. Hmm. I should have said, "Do his parents have money?" I don't know. Why I said, "Does." Honestly, I don't know though. I, I don't know their financial. I mean, everyone here has money on the grand, like in the relative. <laughs> no, I mean, like it's on true. a relative basis, right? Yeah. Like, nobody's yeah. nobody's starving, but I, I don't, I don't know if his parents are. I, I don't know their status actually. Yeah, so, I was well, a little bit. Conf- yeah, I was a little bit confused when I went to get a tissue and the ten dollar bills were popping out of the thing. <laughs> Over my house? Yeah. But yeah. Wiping with diamonds and shit. Seriously. Ouch. Can I keep that toilet paper? Yeah. Hey, everybody. We, instead, of using, instead of using glass, we just use gems. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 610. And I'm Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. And I am David A. Price. Sexy man. Indeed you are. And I'm Johnny Thunder. Ooh. <laughs> uh, the one who was saved. That bodes well, I th- maybe. 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 I did it. 
Oh well, uh, but, well, but you're you're not Johnny Thunder. Thunder, you're Jason Wood, everybody, and we're here all together once again. Loving it, needs it, wanted it. Definitely needs it. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Well, you know what you need. What you need? You need a place to get inexpensive comic books, graphic novels, and all other assorted previews, bric-a-brac. And where is that? Would that be dcbservice.com? Yes, he said, as if he didn't already know. Discount comic book service. dcbservice.com is where you can get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a mere fraction of what all the other mooks out there are paying. The mooks. Let's all rejoice because DCBS has been updated and the list of specials have been posted and they are awesome. And I've grabbed three. First up. From Scout Comics, it's Planet Caravan number one, written by Andrea Amenta, but more importantly, illustrated by Stefano Cardoselli. It's the newest entry in the new Binge imprint, where Scout Comics releases a world premiere issue followed by the entire story a few months later in one volume. That's pretty cool right you could try the first one if you like it you buy the trade and you get everything or if you don't like it you're only out the price of one issue right but i don't think that's going to be the case because stefano cardicelli is a monster talent monster the uh, cover price of this bad boy is 3.99 your price two dollars and 19 cents you save 45 percent next up i don't know about you two but i'm excited because dc is bringing back wildcats Written, yeah. yeah, written by Warren Ellis, art by Ramon Villalobos, and the pitch is uh, they have one job, to save the human race from the human race. It's going to kill them. From the pages of the Wildstorm, the piratical covert team made up of rogue specialists, extraterrestrial soldiers, and a mad astronaut run by a tech mogul and, an, and disguised alien king, all here to stop us from destroying ourselves. Of course... It's written by Warren Ellis, so you know it's going to be caustic and acerbic and crazy and well-written. But, again, illustrated by Ramon Villalobos with a cover by Jim Chung. What? The cover price on this bad boy is three ninety nine. Your price? What is it? What is it? $1.99. Right, $1.99. Last up, from Image, brand new series. Coffin Bound, number one, written by Dan Waters, illustrated by Dani. I did a little peek at the art, and it is spectacular. It contains cars, guns, and entropy, just like the real world. Chased by an unstoppable killer, Izzy Tyburn has decided that if the world won't have her in it, it can have nothing of her at all. She's retreading her life leaving nothing but burned rubber, ash, and the sun-scorched bones of those who get in her way. Pretty damn cool. Check out the previous catalog proper to see the preview pages. They're really nice. Cover price, $3.99. Standard. Spawn's the only $2.99 book out there. Uh, and your price is $1.99 because you're super smart and you know where to go. And that is DCBService.com. Go there. Man, you pick some good ones this time. Hell yeah. What do you so mean this Danny time? is a Greek artist that I was introduced to through Paolo. 
at Cadence, and she drew a amazing domino for me like two or three years ago. So it was super cool to see that she's doing sequentials on a American publisher book. Yeah, you're getting this right. I am. Yeah, and Ramon Villalobos is one of Felix's crew. True. So our boys are getting that. Our, our boys and gals are getting that love. Mm, they should because they're very very good. Well, Danny can draw the women. Hell, yes, she can. Well, I'll be honest. I have no idea if she can draw sequentials, but oh. uh, she can draw the women. But you can you, follow her on Instagram, and uh, her uh, it's Dan, Danny D A N I strips, Danny strips. But you did see the preview pages, right? Oh, I don't. What the preview pages? I guess I didn't yeah. notice. Yeah. Oh, okay. She can, look? she can handle the sequentials. Perfect. All right. Yep. yep. I'm stoked. Um, <laughs> unlike yourself, I found a lot of good singles. In this <laughs> this round of previews, but not a lot of good OGNs. Yeah, I'm baffled by that. But well, you and I have different tastes. That's as very true. We do. Yeah, I don't want any touchy feely. You know, dealing with <laughs> your dealing with emotions, bullshit. You know, the previews is chock full of those this this month. <clears throat> right? Yeah. There's also two really cool looking anthologies that uh, are both by Fantagraphics that I want to get. I think I may have ordered one of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. We'll see. We'll team up. We all will. Of course. But you got to do a little bit of digging with previews because um, if the name is unfamiliar, uh, the credits, any any name in the credits, if they're unfamiliar, you should do a little Google search because um, I've tried some stuff and, and more often than not, I'm pleasantly surprised. But you always get those ones that if you don't, you know, cover your tracks and do a little bit of snooping, sometimes you're, you know, you what you get is what you get. And uh, this time around, I did the search, and uh, a lot of times it turned up, nah, I'm going to pass on that. But with Fanographics this month, searches turned up gold. So Fanographics gets, got three or, or four orders from me this time around. You getting that Gilbert Hernandez book? <laughs> of course. No. You no, should. I'm not. You should. It's about Luba's mama. Listen, um, I'm sure you <laughs> yeah. frequent our Facebook very often. These I know. Days. Yes. Well, for those that perhaps listen to the show but don't frequent the Facebook group, I tried for probably the fifth time since we started the show to dive into some Love and Rockets. My plan was to read some and then shock the booze by talking about how much I enjoyed it, but uh, it didn't go that way. I just I had trouble. It's just not for me. And that's no. That's not an indicator of your taste. You know what I mean? Because you sure, have yeah. you like a broad spectrum of things. Yeah, it, it I just, know, just doesn't speak it, to you. It's maddening to me why I don't. That's what frustrates me. I don't know why I can't connect with it. Anybody else, I would say you're out of your damn mind. Mm-hmm. But it because it's you. Yeah, well, you've proven yourself more more times than I can count. So you get a pass. Speaking of proof, right? What are you drinking? Nice. Well, I'm going to go first because you I should. got something a little different. I'm drinking a 40-ounce Hurricane malt Ooh, liquor. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. They had a Four loco at the shop? Uh, I, I love Hurricane, and I, uh, I haven't had one in quite a while, so I stopped by the, the convenient, and there they were. <laughs> uh, for, that is awesome. You're drinking a 40. That's hilarious. Yeah, $2 and change, too. You can't beat it. For the record, Beer Advocate gives that a two-star rating. Oh, it, it, yeah, it's swill. But it's you know who it, owns, who makes Hurricane? Yeah, Budweiser. Yeah, yeah. 
It's yeah. crazy. I mean, it's swill, but it's powerful stuff. So I'm in the mood. Nice. I'm going to take my panties off later. 610 calories in that. Don't care. Jesus Christ. I'm not saying you care. I was curious how many calories would be in a 40. Oh, we're we're in that mode now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, might as well get yours out of the way then, Jason. Yeah, I'm 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 shocking the world and drinking water. Just straight up te- uh Polish Spring or just delicious ice water from our cooler. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> hey, listen, you asked. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's kind of our thing, yeah. I guess we did. <laughs> uh well, don't don't, a- don't ask me you know what the answer. That's true. I tell my son that all the time. Yeah. Yep. D- uh, David. Uh, I um, grabbed another bottle from uh, the nearby spot of bread and butter Cabernet Sauvignon from 2017. That's good. I like, it is good. I, I really like, like it. I like the Cabernet. Yeah. I'm, I need some. I haven't had some wine in a while, so maybe next week or next mm-hmm. next time I'll have this. Next time. Wait, wait. Yep. I guess. Um, oh no, I don't want to. It's you gotta. No, no, no. It's 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 just it's it's another story about about the neighborhood and stuff. It ain't it ain't no thing. I'll die. I can tell you guys later. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now the people will be clamoring for the neighborhood story. Yeah, they, they on the they face of the breath. But okay. Yeah, it's like what's up with you? Jerks. What is up with us jerks? I'm telling you, David, behind the scenes, he leaned on us a little bit and he said, he you know, implored, I think. Yeah. I did, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, do I do that often? I just, no, you know, those no. things where, okay. All right. No, you don't. Yeah. Uh, but you did it con mucho gusto. And it made me think that, you know what? Maybe this is something I should really read. Because David David wants it, and we'll have fun with it, I'm sure. So, and I, I, uh, full disclosure, I stopped reading this series at issue three. Same mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I fair. I have no no conception of anything. Oh, so you didn't you no. didn't read this? The, oh, okay. No, because he oh, said good. you don't need to. Right. Okay. Good. So I'm glad. I'm glad because now I'll get. Although. It's weird because it's not like you two share a brain. So it's it's I, I know Jason's know history with this publisher, and I know Vince's. So I think Vince is going to get more out of it, regardless. But you, we are talking about Doomsday Clock, and and yes, I have been reading it whenever it comes out because I'm just trying to at least stay plugged in in that regard. But I reread it again over the weekend. I I read it. I didn't read it when it came out. I didn't read it last Wednesday. But after I read it, I realized it is the best issue of the series so far. And oh. I I know it, it's you could say it's a low bar, but still it it's it it didn't really hit me until I reread it. And and, and after I read it, I I did a little contemplating. I I I was at I was at the barber waiting for my turn, and 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 I start thinking about the issue for some stupid reason, and 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 I'm That's I'm thinking stupid. about when it when it was announced, and when it was officially when 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 it started coming out, and then other things that may have happened at DC, and you know, and and not that 
Tom's Batman book is as plugged in as, say, you know, the Batman in Snyder's Justice League or whatever's going on in Detective Comics. But, you know, obviously things changed in the Batman universe recently. Bendis was signed and took over Superman after this became after this went to the printer. So I was wondering if maybe things behind the scenes kind of changed the way Jeff Johns was, was planning on having it go. And, and then of course the delays and I wasn't sure I, I was going all conspiracy theorist and wondering if, if maybe the delays were on purpose because of how the landscape changed from when Johns announced it and, and, and what the, status quo of the DC universe would have been a year later had it maintained its its original publishing schedule. But I reread it over the weekend and as I'm just looking at things that are being said on the page, I'm just getting a whole different it it, it it's like I I read it with new eyes. I just things things I read the first time were cool and neat and hey that that that's I dig it. But it just it took a second pass for me to just sit back. I, that's when I noticed certain words, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. So yes, at that moment, before I even finished it a third time, I got on Slack and I said, "Listen, I don't know. I don't know what you guys have planned for this week. I, you know, we don't. We, we normally discuss if we're going to tag on anything." I says, "But if you can, if you have time, please fit in Tuesday clock number ten." And we did. And I, well, speaking only for myself, of course, because it's my mouth, I'm all the better for it because I'm up and down with Jeff. Um, Sure. I think he has displayed brilliance in the past with um, more than half of his Green Lantern output was, I think, Mm -hmm. was was brilliant. And... um, I, I like the way he writes. Uh, he's certainly knowledgeable about the subject matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but I mean, there are things that he's done over the course of his career that you know I take it or leave it. You know, sure. But this, I think, this is a high water mark for Johns. Wow. Okay. Um, all but right. it but it's only and it's only a single issue. But and yes, it's predicated on what Alan Moore has done. The, the the structure of this book is beholden to Watchmen. The illustration style, in a sense, is beholden to Watchmen. The composition, I mean, the, 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 the skeleton of Doomsday Clock. And I don't think it's any coincidence that the book's title is uh, D and C. And C, right. I don't, don't think that's a coincidence. But, yes, it owes a lot to Watchmen. But this issue, the thematic content of this issue, is like an op-ed piece to me. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. It, th- this is John's. And there's one caption that stuck in my brain. And I had to go back and, and reread it to make sure that I read the what I thought I read was what I read. And the caption is, Dark directions seem to constantly target the hope he embodies in an effort to redefine him. And I took Dark Directions to mean DC editorial, meaning that I guess the gist of this issue is the metatextual 
textural gist of this issue is that there are forces that have been fucking with Superman <laughs> since his inception. And it affects everything in the DC universe and all permutations of the DC universe. And that's part of the, the content of this where every time editorial has deigned it necessary or deemed it necessary to change Superman, it ripples throughout the DC universe, meaning that the timeline is irrevocably altered and starts a new timeline. And that is, uh, they postulate that that exists in our, in our real world, that every time uh, you, f you fuck with time, it creates uh, a parallel path, another universe, another multiverse, uh, an, an addition to the multiverse, which is cool. And it's neat to think that that could be possible, that every action you make creates a, a divergent branch in the time stream. That's cool. But then there'd be untold branches on this gigantic... Sure, it's infinite. Yes. And um, long story short, Johns is making a commentary on Superman being the nucleus of the DC universe. Yeah. And without him, or without that, that static original version of him, everything changes. And it, it gave birth to the, the metaverse. Whereas the DC universe proper is untouched, but changes within that DC universe gives rise to this untold number of offshoot universes. But that, 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 that core, and it's Superman. Superman is the core of the DC universe. And they, Johns makes a point with dates to point out the golden age sure the silver age when burn reboots it and, and i mean and and my one thing i constantly say whenever we talk about all the good that came from burn's reboot the one thing that was i think some of us feel mishandled was without superboy where does that leave the legion of superheroes right the legion screwed they appear in this issue and and it's and then we get a little end gamey panel but it's it's just you if whether it's golden age silver age 1986 post-crisis whether it's um when when john's took over whether it's new 52 post flashpoint and 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 the way things change what what struck me at first when i read this is that we saw superman in the first issue, waking up from a nightmare, and then Vince hasn't been ready to get Jason caught up. But but you know, th then we recently had Superman in Russia handling a confrontation there. But when I was when I was doing my my little bit of research, I did for a change. It was one of those things where John's made a point when he was talking about this series initially that there was going to be a focus and uh, of Superman and Dr. Manhattan and, and how they were going to be connected. And it's been fucking issues. And now we finally have it. And had I, had I gotten this four issues ago, I may not have been so hard on it. I mean, it, it, it's still delays notwithstanding. There were still things I was waiting for it to happen, but, but for it to happen so 
late. It's not like they're, they're tacking on another four issues. It, it, it's still ending in two issues. But this is what I've been waiting for. And for 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 just this... For Johns to basically, as, as Vince is saying, Johns is, yes, Superman is... is the most important thing and 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 every time dr manhattan tries to take superman out of the equation things never go right and 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 he just and and what he's doing is he's just dr manhattan is just constantly playing with things he's 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 just he's 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 like a kid with 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 just some tinker toys that he's messing with whereas in in the past when you had the anti-monitor or you had extant or you know there were other characters who when dc tried to fix their universe their multiverse whatever you want to call it the heroes whether they were initially good or or just became villains they they, they tried to do what they thought was right and and dr manhattan is missing that empathy here so it, it it really feels like a completely different take i mean taking out the the op-ed portion of it it's it's just there's it, still so much i was unraveling when i was rereading it but manhattan still does it passively I mean, yes, he's changing. Well, he things. calls himself a being of inaction. That's the whole point, right? Yes. He, but he, but he's a man of action. Yeah, yeah. He's, and, I mean, and the title of this issue is action, which is cute because the first comic Superman appeared in. But I'm, I'm sorry, Vince. No, he he almost re- well, it's not almost. He does. He regards this universe as like a scientist staring down at a petri dish. He's mm-hmm. he's he's just looking to see what happens. Let me nudge this this organism to the right and see how that affects the greater whole. And he gets the result and he's like, well, oh, well, um, well, let me try this. Like he doesn't display any, well, he doesn't display emotion at all, but he, there's no regard for the ramifications of all the stuff that he's doing. Right. And that in, in, to me, that's evil. It's, well, he, he is a scientist. I mean, he was a scientist before he yeah. became Captain Adam. But it's um, <laughs> Captain Adam. <laughs> just I mean, bluntly. But it's it's it, and it, when Johns wrote Rebirth, and this is and and this is another thing which caused me to wonder if if maybe things were kind of changed. There's there's a couple of panels here where Wally sees Doctor Manhattan and. And confronts him, mm-hmm. but yet now we, we we just finished the ninth issue of Heroes in Crisis, and you know I don't know what that means for the character, and and um, yeah. So whether Wally was supposed to play a part post it, I'm not going to try to hypothesize with that, but it it's it was the fact that it brought me back to that Rebirth special, which. I absolutely adored. I don't even know if that was my favorite issue of, of, of that year in the Oscars, but it, it, it blew me away when it was published. But, um, you know, Johns brings it back to that, albeit briefly. So I, I it's apparent that Johns, Johns was never winging it. And, and, and this is the second time that you know, the first was when he brought 
Hal back in, in Rebirth, but this is, and, and he had credit in the bank with me for that, which he wasn't losing it based on the first nine issues of this, but with this issue, it's just, it's completely been extremely renewed. Yeah. But see, the fact that John, uh, Johns recognizes how essential Wally is to the picture. Mm-hmm. Wally is the bridge between the divergent universes. Wally remembers what has happened. He he was in the the button, and he knows that there was a status quo before this. He he knows it. And he should be the bridge. He should confront Doctor Manhattan because he's the at, at this point he's the only one who knows. And he should. And and I think, as far as the mantle goes, I think he should because if his uncle is who ushered in the Silver Age, then I think. And and it and these things happen. Like we got Flashpoint because Barry couldn't leave shit alone. So if if Wally's the one who realizes that. This isn't technically right. I I believe that that while I feel that Wally should be the one out of everybody yes. present that, that he's the one who, who should be aware that something's amiss. Which just makes me scratch my head why Tom did what he did. Maybe he didn't know that John's I mean, maybe he didn't know what was going on in Doomsday Clock. Well, it's not a doomsday clock thing. It's a pre flashpoint thing. I mean it's it's a he had to have read what was done mm, in guess. in the button, right? I mean, Wally, Wally, well, yeah. Wally knows, and if Wally knows, could that have been some of the things that caused him to do what he did in Heroes in Crisis? I don't know because, like I said, I haven't. I just say Manhattan couldn't have, like you know, just made a split or a, a divergent wally and then right well i mean it is comics there's a way out right right it could be retconned later that dr manhattan in this instance corrupted or did his little well let's nudge this synapse to the left and see what happens right it it could be manhattan's influence on wally that caused him to do what he did um but and I, i love the fact that johns acknowledges the new 52 superman because yep. as I'm coming to learn, it wasn't all that bad. Yes. And uh, not one, but two panels, agno- well, actually three, acknowledged the, the new 52. And I thought, okay, you know, that's you go, go. Because the stuff has been maligned, and yes, I'm just catching up after all these years, but, no, but it, it, it wasn't bad. Yeah, they, it wasn't bad. Yeah, no. It, you have to you have to accept it. You you're not going to you can't erase it, especially something that's only been around for 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 less than a decade. It, it's not something. It's comics. No one's going to forget. But it's it's you can't you know warts at all. It's yeah. I I don't think you guys are bringing up the most obvious op-ed in this in this whole thing that John's John's shows again his affinity for. The JSA and how important he thinks they are. Because of course, yeah. New Fifty Two is created because Manhattan decides not to to let Alan Scott be the the Green Lantern, which the JSA never forms, which creates the New Fifty Two. And and I I I took that to mean John's pointed way of saying 
I hate that y'all got rid of the JSA when you did the <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's true. Guys. I got that. I, that's what I took out of it, too. Yeah. yeah. So, And I'm with him because John's JSA is, to this day, one of my favorite DC runs of all time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So He's very beholden to that group, as he should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did a great job. I'm surprised. I guess because he's... I, I'm surprised he got away with this, but I guess because he's the boss, he can get away with this. Like, technically, he's uh, he's equal to, if not over, to Dio and, and Lee. Is he COO in the structure, or at least he was when he got them, when this started? Okay, so because it does seem like it's a pretty big treatise on you done fucked up with the new fifty two, but it could also, I mean, and and it's, it's it's it could be a way of them admitting as much. It, it's you know, I, I, I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it. No, I don't. I don't think he makes um, a qualitative comment on the new 52 i just think he says that the the main idea from this issue was you got to stop messing with superman not that you did it and it was bad i don't think that's the point he's trying to make he's like you don't mess with perfection right i yeah i mean i i agree with that but i mean i could be reading into it but the, i think but, I mean, Johns has already had his treatise on Superman. He wrote Secret Origin. I mean, he did his... Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he worked, he teamed up with Donner. And he's, already, and he's already spoken his piece on Superman. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe no one's listening. Or no one remembers. Like, yeah. Like, like certain characters within... So, the- yeah, so Johns was president and CCO when he started this project. CCO, that's right. But since it's taken fucking forever, he's since <laughs> been removed from those positions. You know, I, I, this is not blasphemous to me. Doomsday Clock what? is is not blasphemy, L- like many people think. Or, or mean blasphemy. The fact that they are continuing, in a sense, the Watchmen story, right? And shoehorning the character, or the characters we've yet to see how it pans well, if out. There was a, if there was a tri- if there was one of the trio that would be the most likely to be bothered by. This it would be Dap, and obviously it's sure. not. Cause, so I, I think that's a fair conclusion. But the book acknowledges that Watchmen took place in another universe. Yes, yeah. It, it's, sure. Listen, there, there are. I, I'm, I'm on record quite a few times. I, I uh-huh. do not think. I, I don't believe we needed a prequel or sequel to Watchmen. I, I, I do think that Johns has handled the from this issue has handled this like if they had created a different character or if they decided to finally do what they were going to do during uh armageddon 2001 and do something with captain adam i i might have hey that, that, that's a neat little you know nod to, to the past as we brought up bloodlines last time but it's you know the fact that of all the characters that dc actually has in their possession it would have been silly to introduce a new character that could do this when yes they they do have they have everything to tell this story they already have in their possession even if it's over 30 years old it's it's listen this is these are our toys that we're going to play with that we can play with and and they're telling a john's is is doing a great job with these toys if if and again i 
was wondering where we were going in the previous issues and and i i kept reading because i was wanted to see where we were going and yeah i did i'm not gonna all of a sudden say hey this has been the best thing ever but it's as far as what johns is doing and doing with these characters then yeah i mean it's I, maybe it's no. Maybe I'd say it's no longer blasphemous, but it's it's no. I I um I with this issue, I I doubt I trust them is is basically what I'll say. But no, yeah, I I think yeah, still don't plan on reading before Watchmen, but I'm I'm not I'm not as upset. I guess I'll say as as them continuing the Watchmen. And like you said, Vince, it's it is it's a different universe. It's not like it's the next day after more and and alan and dave's story this is it, it's it's you know manhattan and comedian and ozymandias they all came over from a different universe yes a couple things the fact that garth doesn't like the way emra's looking at superman yeah that page is gold that just that 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 he's scratching his chin like oh, i don't like this guy that's perfect and and Clark's or Superman's reaction with the hand behind the head, like uh-huh. you know, oh, gosh, gosh golly, gee, you know, this beautiful woman can tell what I'm thinking. I hope she doesn't realize what I'm thinking because I know he's thinking it. But anyway, um, and we already knew this, but Gary Frank has done a monumental job on this thing. That is true. Yeah. I mean, tastefully done, uh, with reverence to the original, of course, but his panel compositions are friggin' outstanding. His rendering is gorgeous. I mean, everything about this is just beautiful. Um, I agree. Yeah, it's his line work is, is stellar, and I think I think this is the book for which he's going to be known. And yes, he's done great work other places, but um, I I really think that when when all said and done, this is the book. I mean, it's so diverse. He's he's tackling period uh, clothing and architecture and the DC universe proper and the Watchmen um, universe. It's just I, I think it's 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 a stellar achievement. It makes me want to just pat him on the back and it's like, holy crap, you did it. And yes, there's two issues left, but I don't think anything he does after this is is, is going to possibly it's only going to add to his yeah. his, this, his legend this is after the this. Issue that, that pretty much made sure I'm buying the hardcover. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. I mean and Well no, I mean you could say hell yeah, but I mean before this issue I'd have been like, Okay, yeah, if if you know, wherever I find it at a con, maybe, but now it's 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 yeah but. yeah i guess that's where i i agree with the I, I wouldn't say hell yeah because uh first of all i'll say this issue is impeccably well executed i don't know any rational person that could say otherwise um but i don't know that this particular issue as well executed as it may have been makes me want to have the hardcover for two reasons one the first nine issues well i should say issues four through nine were an absolute slog 
in my <laughs> opinion. And I'm not sure how they really all tie in other than just marking time to get us to where we are now. Which, which and, is kind of why I said you can just jump on with 10. No, right, right. Now I understand. And, and two, we have two more issues. And I could see this going in a direction that displeases me and plenty of other people. Well, if- Because they're going to fight. Soups and, and Dr. Manhattan are going to fight. And if the on-the-nose conclusion to this battle in the next two issues is that Superman is the heart of DC, not Watchmen, then he can go fuck himself. Because that was never what Alan Moore was trying to say. And you can retcon it all you want, but man, but Watchmen is, by law and without question, the single most important work that DC has put out in our lifetimes. Now, so, see, I, I take issue with with the fact that if Superman is the heart and soul of the DC universe, that had no bearing on anything Alan Moore did. That's that's right. just so Jeff Johns why. translating. So right, the conclusion in the next two issues is an on-the-nose, oh, Superman's going to vanquish Manhattan. And, it, it, and again, it's interpreted that essentially he's saying, y'all obsess over Watchmen, but it's really about <laughs> the soups. Nah, dude. I don't it's not. Yeah. But well, again, you can't say that he's. We just agreed he's 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 making some not so subtle undertones and op eds in this thing, right? So right, right. That's why I say maybe. I'm not saying he's going to. Sure, no, no. But if that's the journey he takes us on in the next two issues, he can go eat a dick up. I don't. I don't understand that comment. I think it. Uh, why it could very. Much, I very much think that's the direction he could be going in the next two issues. Okay, he and just it, gave us this issue saying how important Superman is. That as as Superman goes, the DC universe goes. Now we have the being of inaction versus the man of action that we're going to see at least in the next issue, and then I assume the twelfth will be like a wrap up epilogue. If next issue is all about how Superman vanquishes Doctor Manhattan, essentially eradicating the need for Watchmen as being the most important and powerful thing in the DC universe, because Superman is the center and the most important part of the DC universe, then fuck that. I don't agree. But, okay, now now with that said, though, up until DC Rebirth and the, the DC Universe Rebirth special and the button and the previous nine issues of this, the Watchmen story was its own thing and, and existed and everybody loves it. And, right, so and if you're going to bring it in just to make the point that it's not as important as Superman, I don't. But, it's yeah, not no, as no, important I, as Superman. Well, I disagree completely. You would not have had Watchmen without the existence of Superman. I mean, you can't. It, it's it's like we we usually have this discussion on on the rides to to conventions when we talk about you know people who want to talk smack about the Beatles and and just because you don't like the music doesn't mean you know you you can't then not you have to understand your importance in in history. You you don't have to like their music. This is one of those things where you can absolutely think Watchmen is the most important thing to you, but you cannot diminish Superman's importance over Watchmen. I'm, I, I elevate oh, I Watchmen. Sure. Well, you'd be wrong, but what Superman, okay. What Superman book sells 10,000 copies every year. It has nothing to do with numbers. No, it doesn't. Of course it does. Johns is making a statement about the importance of the universe. Johns is a, he's selling, he's trying to sell books. It's an event comic. If you think Johns doesn't care about 
the business aspect of all of this. You're dead wrong. I'm not saying that. What he's, I believe what he's saying is this character that debuted in 1938 set in motion every superhero book that followed. Yeah, he did. He, he, he was the progenitor. Did say that. Right, yeah. he's the progenitor. If you don't have but Superman, that's not groundbreaking. We all know that, right? But okay, but if you don't have Superman, you don't have Watchmen. So it's not a it's not a uh, uh, sure. a, 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 none of that is in dispute. Again, it's right. But so that's what he the, does in the next two issues. In terms of, does he try and make the point that Watchmen isn't important? No, he's making the point that Watchmen, as grandiose as it is, as as a magnificent um, an achievement as it is, we we regard it as the best comic book ever ever executed, right? The best comic book series ever executed, and it is, right? I think yeah. so. Dap thinks so. You yeah. do too. Millions of other people think so. What he's saying is that even though it is achieved godlike status, it is still inferior to the progenitor. Not not in terms of aesthetics. It's beholden to Superman. He's not saying it's better than, less than, or equal well, we'll to. We'll see. I mean, we'll see what he says. Because, I, I mean, I'm not the only person that doesn't groove on Superman that much. Like, sure. I think he's boring in most cases because yes. he's perfect. Yeah, you're not alone in that. So, it, like, I, of course you're right if you're talking from the progenitor. Of course he's the patient zero. Of course. That's yeah. indisputable. Yeah, but, but I don't think that, I, I, I don't. I struggle with most Superman stories. I, I don't think he's the most interesting character DC has. I don't think, uh, in most cases, he's not at least. So, um, so for me, I, yeah, I just don't like Superman is just not anywhere close to as interesting to me as the Watchmen were. So right, but the, okay, and and I I don't agree, but I understand where you're coming from. But it, it, there is a die made. For every coin that's ever been minted, right? Superman's the die, and and all those coins that followed all owe their existence to that die that's chomping out, you know, banging out the coins. Yeah, sure. I think but that's what he's saying. Though, like, wouldn't it but be? No one disputes that though. Like, who, like, okay. Well, then why are you having a hard silly, time with though, it? If if John's like crapped all over Watchmen, and I mean, it, it it's not like they would. absorbed another company and, and they're trying to, it, it, it's not like, you know, Vince and WCW. This is, this, yeah, exactly. Watchmen was still published by Remember DC. Remember what I said? I said, I will be disappointed if this happens. I didn't say it's going to happen. I'm saying, no, I know, but issues, I just, if he I goes that angle, I'm going to, it's going to bum me out. And that's, and, and, and yeah, and, and I, I'd understand why you would be bumped out, but I, I just, it's, I'm not seeing why, Johns would feel the need to do that. I mean, that it's it's almost like if that's it, the the book is still in print. I mean, more well, it has to be DC because of this, right? But I'm saying so. I mean, for for Johns to want to crap all over something that's still being sold and and it will never be out of print, it, I, it's. I think that's a fool's gambit that that Johns would never undertake. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. There's not going to be any commentary on the aesthetics of the original. He's not going to do it. He's not stupid. I mean, why would he take this long to do it? Good. No, that's good. Then, then my my point being, I just let's. I, I'm not ready to say I'm clamoring for the hardcover. Sure. Yeah. No. No. I. I right. And this issue was dope as fuck. This was. Right. I mean, this. Listen. I. I've always been a huge John's fan. I've. I've. I've probably liked him almost universally in things I've read of his. I. I 
I think he's at his best. This is when he's at his best when he, because as you said, he understands and lives for the DC universe's history. Probably the only other living creator that probably could beat him in a trivia contest is, is Mark Wade. Yeah. Um, cause he's a freak that way. Yeah. But I think that Johns is at his best when he is masterfully crafting interstitial retcons. Yep. That is his, that is his superpower to take things we already know to be true to not destroy them in canon, to keep those big parts of canon that matter to us longtime readers, but but give us a ton of filling in of the little spaces that exist between those points in canon. Yeah. I think he did it with Green Lantern, he did it with Superman, he's done it with uh, JSA, he's done it with lots of characters, and I think this is par for that course. So, uh, bravo to him. The, the, I guess I'm, maybe because I read the rest of it, I'm miffed that like why i i guess i'm upset that we had like this he had this in him yes like why why no, i'm with you there bro okay we're yeah. we're, we're, we're right here that yeah. that's that and i'm i'm i well, tried I, to make it say that i took one for the team so you guys wouldn't have to i, I know vince didn't but you know i just i wanted you guys to read this issue because this is i i mean you know it, Parts of me feel like I wish this was the DC Rebirth special we got a few years ago. You know, I would shit, yeah. Right. Then I'm whatever Johns is going to do from here on out. I'm on. But I mean, yeah, the fact that we had to wait and then we had to sit through so much extra, and and I mean, and some of it was just like you know, I, yeah, we all enjoyed the mime and the marionette little 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 segues and and the, the cool introductions and and that's cool and we're getting some some info on on their backstory versus lex and yeah. right and it's like oh this is great and it's like and then all that's been like just just dropped and forgotten by the wayside because we're focusing on this one this month and i'm like i why did i i, I just just you could just reprint this for the, the for the past nine months that have been giddy but i mean yeah it's so yeah. so for vince to just not read anything since that there, i mean and like anything in those first three issues, Vince, did, did any of it come into play with this one? Like, did you have to wonder what happened in the past? No. Okay. That, no, that, I am. Um, that, that's because he introduced um, Carver Coleman pretty early on, didn't he? I mean, this is not the first time well, we've he, seen him. We saw the Nathaniel Dust Johnny stuff. Johnny Thunder was watching. Yeah, he was watching it on on TV. He was right. watching the right. Nathaniel Dust. I mean, I don't know if I knew his name then, but right. I mean, yeah. we knew that there was a, a there was a, a thematic component that relied on a, a black and white, you know, an old black and white movie. To I didn't know what it meant, and I don't think anybody did in the in the first three issues. But now we see what it means, but. I, and don't read anything into this, but I think you're overstating your importance in this equation as a consumer. Where we don't, when you said we waited for it, and where was this, and, and why didn't it come to the surface earlier? Who knows? I mean, we don't know what what happened behind the scenes. Johns may not have conceived of this. That's what I was... Right, that's, that's exactly what you're saying. So the consumer side of it, and I know it's all about money, yeah, but whatever. The consumer side of it is irrelevant. The fact that this was created, right. albeit so late in the run, I don't care about... I All I care about is the art, right? And and yes, I I know that I'm stepping in a big hole here where... The industry is founded on dollars 
and they don't do these things out of the goodness of their own heart. They do them to make money. I get that. But the fact that this thing, this this perfect little thing that is doomsday clock number 10 exists is more you're you're right and you're right and you're yeah you're right and you're wrong i mean like you're right that uh, it exists and it should be enjoyed for what it is but you know i'll just take the page from the coin you just threw at me which is if superman didn't get created in 1938 that none of this would happen if if a bunch of dudes in new york didn't need to sell a million copies of a magazine on the stands every week to pay their bills there would be no superman they didn't give it much thought like the real magic is that these dudes who were basically just trying to churn out stuff to get kids to spend no, their money. Disposable. Disp- yes. Like literally this was just a ra- – Superman was a random idea by two dudes who needed to make a deadline. Like it's, so – I, no, I totally so, agree with that. So right. So I'm saying so like but – so the very – so if we're talking about the kernels, the very – the DNA that all, that makes all of this wonderful thing we talk about every week exist – it's about the dollars. The it entire is. industry is founded on the idea of creating a consumable product that is supposed to be read, forgotten about, and and something else comes up the next week. In one but, realm, that 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 in realm, this realm in the DC comics. Yes, realms. but there are there's more than one realm. There's the realm of the commerce, and there's the realm of the art. The fact that this this fact that Superman was created, the fact that Be- the Beatles recorded Strawberry Fields Forever, the fact that the Godfather got made, the, the the instigating factor was let's make a product, but the outcome was far greater than the instigating force. Yeah, it's just pop music and it's disposable and it's meant to, to play on the airwaves for three minutes and, and be forgettable long term. That's great, but the fact is... The Beatles created music that will outlive us, outlive our children's children's children's. Like the, these pieces of art are never going to go away. They are perfect. They exist in a realm of absolute perfection. Superman right. does too. Now, and and when I when I the point I was trying to make was that you say Watchmen is above Superman in terms of uh, the the brilliant aesthetics and and big picture. I agree. Even bigger picture, I don't agree because Superman is an icon. Everybody knows Superman. I, I'm sure there are people on other planets that know Superman. They've intercepted our, our signals and they're like, wow, this guy's cool. I, we better not go there and try and take him over because this this Christopher Reeve guy is going to kick our ass. But the the fact that Superman stands for hope and and he's all that we all the good stuff that we want wrapped up in one being that he has become bigger than just dollars and cents. He's become this thing that little kids should look to for, to get them through the fact that mom's beating up on daddy or or dad's beating up on mommy. You know what I mean? All these, these, these things that, that influence our lives. And it's just, you just dream like, man, if Superman really existed, we could get out of this mess. And that is more than the 12 issues of Watchmen. Do you get where I'm coming from? This thing has a life of its own. So does Watchmen. Yes. But it's a bunch of second string, third string characters used from another company that, that, that couldn't make any money, and DC gobbled them up, and so, Alan Alan Moore spun gold out of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go down the never-ending rabbit hole here, but I just think that if we're going to really go down to that kind of core essence of what you're saying, then I got to call BS because 
Superman is just an already existing hero archetype that's been in literature for hundreds of years. So, like, if we're really going to get down to the core of it, we're talking about the hero epic, which has been around almost since yeah. the dawn of recorded time. So, like, yeah, like, there's always something that begot something. Yes. So, like, and yeah. that's cool. Like, if if you cool. believe Jim Steranko, there uh, would be sure no I'm Superman like... without Doc Savage. I, right. that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. So, but you know. how many people are I'm clamoring? Sure people know Blue Beetle than they knew Night Owl. Right. How many it's, people it's, are clamoring for Doc Savage stories? Like, I, yeah, me. Remember, though, again, and this doesn't, we don't even have that Watchmen history lesson here, but but he more wanted to use the better known tra- yeah, character. Yeah, he was Of course he did. Yeah. yeah. So so to his credit and his imminent genius, and he's probably ultimately better served for it, he got to create analogs. And I, oh, I much better. Probably the books stood the test of time far better as a result. Sure. I agree. Nobody that. would give now, a shit if it was the question, Captain Adam. I agree. Right. right, exactly. Now, so, and and I don't even give more credit for that. That's luck. When when you, like he wanted to use the the better known characters, and they said no. So, right. well, once they knew what he wanted to do with them, but the it's I I know Vince. We you know yes, we are when all said and done. When when these twelve issues are are out, I think I think we do a decent job of judging things. On their package, on on you know we 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 judged Secret Wars on what Hickman was doing, and and you know we didn't we didn't we we may have made comments or had opinions on what was going on behind the scenes, just like you and I will enjoy you know the DVD extras or you know we read Amazing Heroes and Comics Journal because you know we want to know what the hell was really going through Jim Shooter's mind, but that doesn't really play into that 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 has no bearing on when we us reading this 10th issue i may have you know some questions about what's going on behind the scenes but i'm i'm not that's not coloring my opinion of what we just read yeah all that stuff's irrelevant we love it but in terms of the art contained within the brackets of that front and back cover all that stuff's irrelevant this is what we were given. You can, I mean, which why well, we get what ifs. It's like you know, you you'd love to have a, a, a different take or you know, that's ah, fun, whatever. right? Absolutely, yeah, it's fun. I mean, I love multiverse stories, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, listen, this is this is what I have to go by. This is what's actually this is canon. When they decide to retcon this or take, you know, someone decides to go in a different direction than than what. Bendis is doing in Superman. It's because of what's happened on the page. It's not because of, you know, some offhand comment an editor made to someone. It, it's just... Right. Well, that's where the commerce comes in. That's when somebody who looks at the numbers says, you know what? These books aren't selling as well as they should. Let's shake some shit up. And that's that's where you encounter the danger. That's the commentary Johns is making here. One of them, anyway. That you, you, you're tweaking this character just because of dollars and cents when he was he was pristine in his original form and you can't expand upon perfection it's not going to get any better it was it was perfect when it came out of the four color womb leave it alone right it's been it and maybe not initially but it's been perfected up to up there's a certain point where superman has been perfected right they fleshed out the supporting cast they fleshed out the backstory the 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 costume the the believability and and he pervaded the culture to the point where everybody knows superman that's the point where he i don't want to get into the 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 
the subject of perfection because that's a different that's a totally different story but in our eyes he, he reached a crescendo at a certain point don't mess with that the formula is not going to get any better leave it alone use the formula in conjunction with other formulas great but don't dick with that original recipe <laughs> and it's the truth so let's ask the question because this the the current DC universe hasn't caught up to this yet, right? It's a right. year away. Yeah. So we haven't really seen any of this. Uh, what is it? The Superman effect, or what are they calling it? The Superman. What, the Superman. What, what is the whole underlying thing here? That what, I forget what they, it's. Uh, whatever there's going on in this book about the idea that everyone's saying that all the ninety ninety seven percent of superhumans have are in the U S. and they've been created by the government. And so the question is, do you think this? I mean, do you think John's message permeates into the proper universe? Because, mm-hmm. because I mean, to your point, David, Bendis has seemingly got a long-term plan and and the keys to that character for the next few years. Right? So something's got to give, yeah? That was... I don't want to misquote. You said exactly what? I'm saying this book is in continuity. Right. We this book is taking place ahead. The the the, the actual yeah, it's DC supposed to be a property, year ahead. Right. right. Hasn't hasn't caught up yet. Right. So if the idea here is that Superman is perfect, he doesn't need to be messed with. OG Superman is the best Superman. Is that going to carry into the the proper universe? When. When I was thinking things out, going by John's quotes when when he was explaining Doomsday Clock, he says, it's a standalone story with no time material. However, it will have an impact on the entire DC universe. It will affect everything moving forward and everything that has come before. It will touch the thematic and literal essence of DC. So by the time the final issue is released, the rest of the universe will have caught up to it and the repercussions of the event will become known. Now, that could mean we're smacked in the face with it every month because Dr. Manhattan's a member of Justice League. It could mean oh, Jesus. that... No, I presume Dr. Manhattan is going away in this book. No, I just... It, but, well, but, I think the writing on the wall is on the wall as far as that's concerned because he's, Dr. Manhattan exists in multiple time frames and multiple spaces. Right, he he, he transcends time and space. He he admits in this issue that Superman kills him. Oh yeah, so or or you know he just he becomes the hooded Pandora from from when New Fifty Two started. It, it, Don't mess with just, my Pandora. I mean, but it, it's I mean when Secret Wars ended, going back to that, it's like okay, there was a there was a shift in the Marvel universe, and and things were kind of a little hazy. As far as, you know, the the timelines are how things meshed up and, and, you know, you had Miles in the 616. So so things were just, things felt weird. And I don't know if, I don't know if, if what John's is saying is we're going to be hit over the head every time and, and Doomsday Clock is going to be referenced in some way, shape or form in, in random DC issues or if, if it's just, 
if things will just if if we as readers know it's it's kind of like you know Psycho Pirate was the only one who remembered the crisis when when that ended and and yeah. I don't know if I I don't I, it's he didn't he didn't flat out and say that you know yes this is when the twelfth when you when you close the cover on on the twelfth issue then the rest of the DC universe is all going to look exactly like what Gary Frank has drawn. I, I, I think it's just one of those things where whatever the status quo is when the story ends will, it, it's, I, it, it's, it's so weird for me to say, because like I was saying with, with, you know, when, when the first issue hit the announcement of Ben signing with DC was just coming out. So it's, I'm sure whatever Tomasi or whatever the editors on the Superman line had planned was quite different than Bendis coming and saying, this is what I have planned. And it's still, it's still Bendis and whatever sales. I mean, we know, you know, names really don't mean much when it comes to sales, whatever, whatever is happening by the time the 12th issue hits with event Leviathan or, or whatever Bendis wants to do with the character that may not, mean squat and and bendis may have to make changes for whatever johns has superman doing for i i i'm not trying to worry about that because i just want to enjoy the stories but yeah it's it part of me really does think that whatever johns had planned when when doomsday clock was initially announced in the summer of 2017 has has Whatever he had planned over two years ago is his has I think will have changed when the twelfth issue ends. Right. Well, I mean, I think you didn't really answer. No, I didn't. Jason's question, meaning that, do you think that the superhero component of the DCU would be limited to the United States after the dust settles on this? That's what you're asking, Jason. I think. No, 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 no. He was he was talking about how how the government had the whole because because Metamorpho was about there's there's this whole thing that the government had it, nobody nobody accidentally fell into their powers. The government was was trying to make a a metahuman army. Right. Well. Okay. Well, I was just going to say that building a conceptual wall around the United States would only be the brainchild of an idiot and an asshole. So, yeah, so know, it, a little it, social commentary it, there, but, um, but I mean, I don't think because we know that there are other areas of the DC world that bred superheroes, most recently Superman and the Justice League of China, Justice League United, you know, the Canadian Justice League. So there are other superheroes in other parts of the world. And I think that the fact that this series seems to postulate that they all stemmed from the United States is kind of ludicrous. But okay, I think I think for, I want to say I want to believe that this story, as it's unfolding, is still what Johns had intended. But I think by the time it ends, whatever Johns had envisioned for the landscape isn't going to be the way he had planned it. Right. I I kind of hope that issue ten wasn't conceived initially i i I really hope that this was a product of the muse or whatever his his 
the instigator that led this issue to come to be. I hope that this was just a product of right place, right time, whatever factors contributed to its cause. I I I want this issue to be a spontaneous organic thing that just for whatever reason from whatever source just came to Johns and and because the the muse doesn't work on a schedule. Right? No, it does not. I mean, it yeah, we there people have jobs and there are schedules and there are there are goals to to be met and and numbers to hit and that's all great. But art doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah. And I hope that this was bred out of something other than the fact that, you know, his initial draft at, by issue 10, I'm going to be here and I'm going to tell this story. I, I hope he didn't even plan for this issue, that it just came to him from somewhere. That would that would just be amazing. And then it's a testament to the fact that art doesn't care. Right? The 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 germ of the idea is now beholden to timetables or or dollars. <laughs> and, and yes, I'm look a romantic. Look at how long it took, long it took for ten issues of this to come out. Yeah, so I'm a right. romantic, and and I don't. I I say I don't care about the numbers and stuff, and that's just me being naive because I, I I really don't. All I care about is is the 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 product, and the, the, I care about the art, right? And I know that that is a a very juvenile way to approach. Not juvenile, but I'll use naive because I am. But I'm a romantic. I, it, it's the art that matters to me. I, I don't really care how much money's in DC's bank account or or who makes what on this. All I care about is the the finished product. And and so you know, you can crucify me for it, but I'm I'm always no, gonna, well, what, I'm what always going to feel that way. What consumers should care about how much? Money none of us. None of us. Right. Yeah. If you get the value. For what did you pay for this? Four dollars? Is it or five dollars an issue? Is it? I don't even know. But if you get, I think this issue is worth more than the cover price to me. This issue is one of the more memorable things I've read in a, a long, long time. At least the main. This issue comic. would be when when DC comes out. You know, the greatest DC stories ever told. This would be in that book. In the I, digest, I, they're going to publish the digest. <laughs> I'm just, but okay. Now, now there's there's one link. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is like my favorite episode of the last 10 years. (laughs) I love Jason. There's, 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 um, this is because I was trying to find the answer to Jason's question, but, but from Wikipedia, um, for plot of Doomsday Clock, is the finale of the storyline that was established in the New 52 and Rebirth. Now, if, Again, I, if if this was because once right before rebirth, and well, or it tied into to, to that rebirth special, Superman, um, the Superman that that Vince is catching up with is the dies and gave his life, right? And and then we end up with the and because of convergence, we get the burn era. Dan Jurgens, Roger Stern, written Superman into the current DC universe. And if all I wanted was, you know, I was giddy to see that character, and and all I wanted was something that, you know, showed me that, haha, we're just kidding, Cyborg really isn't in the Justice League. But I just wanted, I, I was hoping that, you know, as selfishly, that, that there'd be some sort of 
return to before Flashpoint. And and if if Doomsday Clock ends with and maybe that's what John's means by that that's the effect that's felt is that we return to pre Flashpoint. That's that's definitely something that that would be felt. Now what and, and then whether the writers have to then figure out what happens in, in their books to, to bring the characters to that. I, I don't know, but it it's, you know, if, if this kind of just puts things back because Manhattan's just moving pieces around on, on a board. And, and if he, you know, if, if he was involved in, I thought it was Barry who, meant flashpoint but if 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 manhattan is responsible for kind of putting things back to the way they were then then i would i'd take john's at his word that uh the effects will be felt when this is over well look look at it this way what were the two continuities that weren't messed with post flashpoint they oh, kept Batman and Green. Well, they, they, they said Batman and Green Lantern, but even that wasn't true because Batman and okay. Oh, see, I don't want to segue into into another. What book, did I do? You just <laughs> you just reminded me of something that happened in Bendis's Young Justice, and if Young Justice never existed in the New Fifty Two. But yet Bart says Young Justice is back. A, what the hell does that mean? Secondly, Tim Drake is Robin in Young Justice, not Red Robin. And we know that Connor, the leather jacket Connor, is is Superboy in this Young Justice book. So there has been, you know, whether Bendis knows what Jeff is planning and, mm. and is, is, is manipulating or, or is using that to his advantage and, and helping move things along i i don't know but they're like you said it, it it's it's batman and green lantern were the two that weren't supposed to be messed with but we had as soon as batman started with new 52 you have bruce standing there with like his five kids and and it's like so you have red hood and red robin and robin and and it's like so when was the new 52 was presenting as if like dick grayson was never robin but how could that be if you're saying Batman's history was never must with? That can't be because Dick Grayson was Robin. And so DC, for me, when New 52 started, was really trying to the whole cake and eat it too thing. And, and, right. and I just, it's been, I don't want to say, it hasn't been confusing for me because I pick and choose which Batman stories I wanted to read. And Green Lantern, I didn't bother with. Once New Fifty Two started, so I know that that's what they said were the two characters that 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 were. But again, how do you how do you have those two characters at Redbird? Out of all the characters, you're not going to keep. Why would you not keep Superman? It was just oh, I'm sorry. right. But I'm that's sorry. my that's kind of my point that if Batman and all of the characters tied to Batman, which would be Catwoman, Harley. Um, uh, Nightwing, okay, you know the drill, right? And all the characters tied to Hal. If those two continuities are the ones that remained untouched going forward from Flashpoint, is anybody really going to care if they go back post or pre Flashpoint? 
Does anybody couple. care what happened to? I'm sure you might have a couple people who, who enjoy. Well, yeah, but it's the minority, right? Okay. Oh, you you've erased a whole bunch of flash. Okay, that's a cause for alarm. But big picture, I don't think anybody would really care, right? And the same goes for Superman. Tomasi's thing was great, and the Super Sons is awesome. Yeah, but. If they hit the reset button after this and they go back and say everything is as it was pre-Flashpoint, like the Batman continuity and the Green Lantern continuity remains the same, all that Superman stuff happened, but that wasn't, that was the burn era Superman. I don't think anybody's going to care. Nobody's going to really give a hoot if they say, we will. But the, I don't think the majority of the readers are really going to care that they just eradicated a whole bunch of Animal Man and, and Swamp Thing and, and you know, Frank I mean, still, and stuff, whatever. Still, I mean, you can still read them. But, yeah, yeah. whether or not they, they, they are involved. Or it's a, 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 Animal you've Man killed, and Swamp Thing were part of Vertigo. Those stories exist. Yeah, you've killed my Constantine. Like, what is there, three people in the back of the room? <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Not just two, but damn, okay. Jason's been quiet, though. I know. We should we should change the, the, the topic. But I will say one thing before we move on. The fact that the 12 is a Superman shield, that's extremely telling. I, I think Jason may be disappointed at the end of issue 12. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, I think it's not unlikely. I think that's no. the likely outcome. No. I think, I, well, was always, I, of, I think Superman beats the shit out of Manhattan. He makes some grandiose speech about how you know, his way will I, prevail and, and Manhattan goes it's off. It's the killing the thing that has me scared. Why would you... The killing. Oh, no, I don't think... Well, I don't I, think he's going to kill him. No, Dr. Yeah, Manhattan I, says as much in this I, issue. He says what he says, he destroys me. Right. I, Kill, destroy, potato, no, potato. Like, listen, he's... he's. It's not Zod. And, and even now, I mean, Zod's back. It's not like you know, Superman isn't... I, I don't see... I don't see Superman... I don't see Superman killing him. He says he has found me and he destroys me, or I destroy the metaverse. Um, yeah, I don't see the metaverse ever going away. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what really, how much destroying Superman will do, but, I mean, it, it's, the the Superman shield was was in the 12th position from jump. So, like like I said, which, which again, not to believe the whole aggravation point but if if this was supposed to be about dr manhattan and superman and it took us so long to get here um it's it's slight cause for frustration but we're here now and and i'm happy about it but it's um i gotta yeah, read the I, issues i didn't read because i i i have no conception of what happened before but i need to know now because if it's giving you this much ajita I got to read it. Well, no, it's giving me Ajita because it's if if Superman was supposed mm-hmm. to be such an integral part of this series against or 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 with the, the flip side of of Doctor Manhattan, why are we spending so much time with you know the back right and and Rorschach and and the mime and the marionette and and it's like you know Joker I, right we 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 spent. I mean, and I'm all for the slow burn, but, you know, there's a difference between Tom King's 75-issue slow burn and a 12-issue miniseries. And, hey, we got two issues left, and now we're going to smack you with it. It's, you know, there's... It's time release. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't have a headache, 
but it's mm-hmm. I I just it, listen. It's here now. That's what's important. But still, I can't not dismiss the fact that uh, it if if this is where. So on 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 that point, then Vince, I hope you're right. That I hope that you know John's that there's an unpublished number ten script somewhere in his desk. That that mm-hmm. that's where we were going. But he's like, you know what? I'm doing this, and and that's why we have this issue now. Finally, and, yep. He surrendered uh, to it. I'm I'm hoping he just surrendered to it. And said, given how long it takes Gary Frank to draw a book, I, I doubt that. That too. That way, but, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And, that's, and, and again, though, <laughs> but I mean, you know what? It's extremely telling that the 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 name of the one Nathaniel Dusk movie is called Nothing to Lose. Was that there one of the? Yeah. The- yeah. Why would they call it Nothing to? Why would he call it Nothing to Lose? He he's well, just he's aiming for the he's he's Babe Ruth pointing at the fence. He's and like, he, and screw well, you. I mean, well, you know, Harvard. and, and he, he should be because, like we said, he already had done. What more does he have to do in the DC universe from a conventional storytelling standpoint? And well, he won two, me over with this. No, that's what I'm saying. And, and number two, he he knew when he embarked on this, he was taking on Watchmen. And and the one thing I will take solace in that it won't go the way I fear in the last two issues is that. He's been very clear that he beholds Alan Moore and Watchmen like with the highest reverence. Right. Like he thinks it's 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 the OG goat stuff too. So it would be pretty bravado shady, of someone yeah. to uh to to have that opinion of the work and then want to make the statement that your work is better. So so I'm 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 still hopeful that that's not the direction it goes. But um and I yeah. I don't I it I wonder how I don't have any timelines or, or past his published history in front of me, but I don't know because Frank's would post art. Uh, he'd post the pencil pages on Twitter. You know, he'd say, Hey, it's late, but here's a tease. And I had to redraw. He's, he said on Twitter that he's had to redraw things. So again, I have to wonder yep. if the current state of the DC universe has made John's change the way things were going from when he added his initial pitch, I sure hope for so. All Twelve issues, yeah, I really hope things so. have to have changed because I mean you can't you can't have what what Bendis is doing and and have, have you know the flagship character of the DC universe where he was when this story started to where he is now and and you know I mean if. If this was John's plan, then you know. Then again, the conspiracy theories kicks in, and it's like, so then was Bendis involved in any of these meetings while he was still with Marvel? Because it's just, you know, I'm just I'm looking at the timeline of how things worked out, and and I I think I really do believe the delays were because things behind the scenes at DC have changed and shifted. I, I don't think this was the, I don't think these 12 issues were the original 12 issues we would have gotten yep. had everything been the same in 2017. There's nothing, nothing more pure than just surrendering to the impulse, the, the creative impulse to make something from, from wherever it comes, just lean into it and just allow it to take control of you and just make this thing that, you didn't expect you didn't see coming you you didn't plan for and yet here it is that that's glorious i agree that's all i have to say and if and you know what and if this is all the way it was supposed to play out and things were delayed because you know shit just gets personal and people don't feel like writing or drawing then you know 
the joke's on me, but it's just it's it's weird the way things are. I mean, you could be right, but I I, I think you're romanticizing it beyond because the time we know it takes to put something like this together and to fit it into editorial, I I, I just think it's highly unlikely. Not to mention, uh, often the most the the simplest answer is the correct one. I mean, Gary Franks is notorious for being horrifically slow. That is his downside. He's an amazing illustrator, but he is horrifically is career career endangeringly slow. So, and he's and and I I don't I they didn't really offer an explanation for the last bout of delays. But back a year ago, when we started having massive delays, Gary Frank and Johns both said it's because Gary was having trouble keeping up, and they didn't want to go. The the editorial thought about maybe making it a twenty issue a twenty page per issue story, and they didn't want to do that. So they had to give him more time. That's right. It's worth okay. waiting for. All right. All right. Oh yeah, no, it should all look the same. No, I, I, I'm all for the consistency. So, yeah. um, yep. It, it isn't even that that that. It's not. It's still the tenth issue. Whether it took you know eight months longer than it should have, that's not that's not what I want to focus on. It still took ten issues. No, that's right. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, as much as Gary Frank's art is, is a sight to behold, it is not the nicest art I've seen today. Oh, oh no, do tell. I see a segue coming. The nicest art I've seen today is on Etsy in a place called Faustian <laughs> <Vince laughs> Bargains. God, you're, you're so silly. Which, for those of you at home wondering what I'm talking about, our man with the plan, our brother, the most artistic and creative of us by a country mile, has finally taken his Siciliano dick out of his pants and put it on the table and provided you finally a glimpse into the commercial (laughs) side of the art world by launching an Etsy store where you can, if you so choose, join David and I in purchasing beautiful custom-to-print 18 by 24 of Vince B. original art. Beautiful archive paper. I, oh, I, I was going to ask if there's a limited edition for each one. I do see twenty-five. Yeah, twenty-five for each one. But Are you know you what? This is this is a dalliance. This is not what I really do. This is an offshoot of what I really do. This is the thing that gets me through the workday. I make these images um, on the fly, and it keeps me sane. But I mean, everybody knows I draw. And I paint, and and this is an uh, a byproduct of that drawing and painting, that's digital. Um, but so there will be some traditional drawing and painting adding to the added to the Etsy store over time. But this is the stuff that I've loaded the Etsy front end with um, my digital work. So listen, salesman, don't ever. Come in with the weak sauce apology for what it's you're not an about. apology. It's just okay. this is a this is. This is what I do, but it's not the tip of the spear. It's it's the shaft. Right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. But I do but, it well. I mean, I'm not going to. Yeah. You do. And it can be found on Etsy.com uh, backslash shop backslash Vince B store. It's actually a forward slash, but it's okay. Oh, my bad. My forward slash. <laughs> um, but uh, and the store's name is Vince B's Faustian Bargains. And there are what? 20? 25. 25 different prints available uh, as of this recording. Yes, 18 by 24 on um, a very... Might get this in a tube? You will get it in a tube, yes. 
And okay. um, it's uh, archival paper. It's beautiful Fuji, uh, Fuji film paper. I'm, I'm working with a, a top-notch printer. I just I hope people like them, and I'm not going to stop making them. Whether you 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 uh, visit the store or not, it's just going to multiply over time. Because I have to, I have to make these things. I'm so happy that it exists. Yeah, thanks. I'm happier that this exists. It's kind of silly that you fun. you you did this, but it's okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh please. Yeah. Showing All right, let's letter. talk about more comics. Come on. Okay, Mister. I want to so, hear about Jason. It was was unfortunately silent through most of the time. I'm so not sure. I spoke a ton. I you, don't you, you but not not more than usual. I mean, you you when you're enthusiastic about something, you really let go. I want to no, hear you let go I about said something. I thought it was a, uh, an impeccably executed issue. But you shit on Superman, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> well, that's because you took the conversation beyond <laughs> the issue. That's... Well, did you not expect us to? The the of issue goes have, beyond the but issue. That's where I have my issues with this series are the series, not the issue. The issue was fantastic. Oh, the series, you. not so much. Thank you, Budweiser. So let me hear, let us hear about the thing that just stoked that fire underneath you this week. Got to rewind to another episode. <laughs> oh, really? Not. Really? I don't. Not. I don't. I don't, there, I, I don't. This wasn't a week where I thought anything I read. Knocked me on my side, so- like knocked me on my ass. I, I don't think I. It wasn't that I disliked a lot of stuff. I mean, for example, I caught up on Immortal Hulk, which is excellent. Still, no surprise. Um, I have to say, uh, shout out to Kyle Holtz for who did a fill-in issue. Yeah, he did. I was oh, really he's great so doing. good. Yeah, he really is. Um, I read issues twelve through eighteen. They're continuing to do mind-bending shit, playing with the very nature of Banner and the Hulk and. I forget because it's been a minute since we read the first chunk of the issues. Um, I, I guess it's now canon that Banner has DID, that he has multiple personality. Mm-hmm. Is is that? But is that new news or is that something that I just had forgotten? No, I, th- I thought I, well, I thought Peter David kind of introduced. That. Yeah, if you look at the the history of Hulk, I mean, the Gray Hulk. I don't remember. Did he classify it as that though? No, I don't think he did. But really, I, mean, like, I mean, it was like, it was obvious there were different versions of the Hulk. But I I don't remember never giving him the psychological diagnosis of saying he had split personality disorder. Well, I took it to mean that the alternate personality or the divergent personality takes precedent. And we had the Grey Hulk, we had the Pantheon Hulk, we had the, the dumb Hulk, uh, the, the the new evil, in quotes, Hulk. Well, Devil I, Hulk, yeah. Yeah, it's, all, it's always been there. Yeah. I mean, they just but, never put a name to it. Yeah. But Joe Bennett and... and for the most part, but with Kyle Holtz with the one, it's 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 so fascinating to see this book drawn like a horror book. I mean, we've praised this book in in earlier in the series. It's the same same kind of thing. It's it's a it's a it's going to be a repeat of that. But but just the the grotesque ways they're they're illustrating the Hulk, and uh, there's a scene in this where in one of the issues where the Hulk is morphing and he looks like the the thing from John Carpenter's The Thing. It's 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 a, a you know, five or six different Hulk faces and all kinds of limbs and everything coming out because they're all struggling to gain oh. dominance. Um, it's fun. I mean, I, I didn't expect the return of, of Joe fix it, <laughs> uh, particularly yeah. in the banner side. Yeah. Um, the, um, yeah. I mean, it's a great book. It really is a great book. Um, listen, you guys know the last few weeks it's been a struggle for me. I've just been struggling with the, with yeah. the, the superhero stuff. I, I, I um, it, I'm just in one of those modes where where everything just feels like I've read it before and I'm I'm not getting 
my toes curled by it. Yeah, you know, you like to to get on me for being fickle. I think you succumb to waves. Oh, a hundred percent. As well, oh, I mean, I, yeah, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm I'm not pointing fingers because I'm the most fickle of I think the three of us. Yeah, I, I discard stuff on a whim. And I go years without ever returning to it. You don't say. Now stop. I did but... <laughs> mention because I I actually introduced myself last week as Professor Plum, and then we we never did get around to talking about Clue Candlestick. Do it before you do that. Before you do that, um, there was a essay Peter David wrote in 2013 for Entertainment Weekly, where he was talking about his time writing Hulk. Uh, for years, Bruce Banner spent his time trying to cure himself of being in the Hulk, never worked for long. I realized during my reading on psychology that Bruce displayed all the symptoms of what was then called multiple personality disorder, even when he was younger. The realization suggested that even if he'd never been struck by a gamma bomb, he'd still have serious mental issues. Mm. Okay. Nice. Go Peter David. What do, you, what do you guys think about this implication that Banner is who he is because of his dad working. Like that, he's he basically is. He was born like even in him being a smart kid is because of the gamma radiation. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about the the whole um, dad being so integral in 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 that. Right. I'm all for it. I mean, I, I it's yeah, no, partly because I I, I tend to you know, kind of stick with the way things were, but it's, I appreciate the, the new take, but it, it, for me, as I'm reading it, it, it seems to be a, a bit more of a reach than, than I usually expect with my retcons. Mm-hmm. But we all are a product of our past. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. I mean, Everything that every person we ever encountered in our past, especially those that are closest to us, has a direct influence on the person that or the people that we become. So, so the fact that Bruce's father is so crucial to his alter ego that I don't even question that. I mean, it's it should be the way it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Janet. Van Dyne should be a product of all of the influences that affected her, especially the abuse that she received, right? And sure. I mean and, and on and on and on. Peter Parker, the the is a product of is a direct product of the fact that he did not save. He did not reach out to save his Uncle Ben. That is crucial to the man that Peter Parker becomes. Like I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Bruce's father had a uh, a pro- uh, an immense effect on what he later became. That's no, no, yeah. As far as the the type of person Bruce became, yes. But the whole introduction of of the but where goes me, Bruce goes the Hulk, right? But with uh, so Jason will do some spoilers now. But when what exactly? did Bruce's father do as far as the gamma radiation? He didn't, but he abused him. And no, he, that's no, not true. No, in right, Mortal that, Hulk, that's what, yes, no, that, in Mortal that, Hulk, they're saying it's because his father was working on gamma radiation, and that's why his father hated Bruce from the start, because he had a great relationship with his wife, 
and they were having a great time. And then when he got pregnant, he knew from the start that Bruce wasn't normal because of the gamma exposure. And that's why he always viewed him as being uh, a, a you know, someone not worthy of him. But, so Right. That's the instigating factor. But what's the the result, the abuse? It's not the the fact right, that he no, was... No, that's, that, no, right, no, no. The abuse right, is... He's, that's he's, part of it. He's saying that he, 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 part of the abuse is because he thinks Bruce is a freak who was born brilliant because of being exposed to gamma radiation. Right. But what is the product? Abuse. Whatever... Well, okay. Right. No, we get, and and we're all we're all on board with that because even, right. even Peter David introduced that as well. But now, what what Ewing has done is is he's brought the gamma radiation in from when way before the bomb went off when Bruce tried to save Rick. He's 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 bringing it to to, to the womb, and and it's and right. in, in prior iterations, it was implied that Bruce was, in, was abused as a kid. But Bruce is the one working on the gamma, obviously, and he gets caught in the explosion and becomes the Hulk. It's not right. that he's imbued with gamma radiation from birth. Right. But it's, I think that's great because the thing that transforms him, even in the womb, is what? Gamma radiation. That's what gave rise to the Hulk. Why is that a cause for concern? It makes, it makes conceptual sense. That's and that, okay, so so th- you accept that that that's yeah. right. So the answer to my question was, oh, I like it. <laughs> that yeah, was your, yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I don't think it's a red flag at all. I think it just makes it makes sense. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where if you know, then why not? Then someone's going to come around and and say that you know the spider was chosen by Uatsu or someone someone nudged the spider towards Peter and 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 Peter's actually you know it, it's the whole other thing it's just I just I, yeah just just I don't sh- think that's the same just, thing I'm just but no I what I'm what I'm implying is is that there's there's only you can only go back so far with your retcons to try to add more layers to a character, eventually, right, right, you know, right. not all Wonder Woman be made out of clay, and and that's where it, it seems that because they're because writers are trying to make their mark, and 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 this is what they want to be remembered for on certain characters. I I, I think sometimes it's okay to just build on what came instead of trying to go under the foundation right. and and say you no, know, you were there first. But you can ignore it because. If you just if you cancel out the fact that Bruce was exposed to gamma radiation in the womb, the result of the gamma bomb, ex- him being exposed to gamma radiation, saving Rick Jones's life, is still the same. Yes, it is. Yeah, right. But, yeah. So but, it's it's almost irrelevant. I mean, it's a nice wrinkle. Hulk, it's it, because there's that whole part where you know he's in hell. It's like you know it's kind of hard to ignore what Daddy's saying when you know Hulk is trying to. Get never out. thought I'd see uh, the Absorbing Man offered a spot on Alpha Flight. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to watch again, though, you know. Always good to see Walt. Yeah. Um, is it, to, before you move on, is Kyle Hotz not the heir apparent to Bernie Wrightson? Oh, oh man, he's great. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's great. I mean, we say that all the time, the heir apparent to this person. But mm-hmm. stylistically, Hotz is in the same Camp as Wrightson, I just think he does what he does really well. Mm-hmm. What a what a what a, uh, a reimagining of the abomination too. Yeah, uh, disturbing. I mean, jeez, 
a face for a hand for a face. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this that book's dope. But um, I, I yeah, I meant to talk about this book last week, which is Clue Candlestick, and definitely filed under one of the strangest licensed books ever. Because yep. uh, and I come I came to find out actually that this is not IDW's first Clue comic book. Apparently, no. they put out a series a few years back that was far more um, what you might expect of a licensed comic based on a board game. Uh, this caught my eye uh, for one reason, and that's because it was written and drawn by Dash Shaw, who longtime listeners know as a indie creator that uh, that we enjoy quite a bit. And I just was knocked back to see that Dash Shaw would be doing an IDW book about a game, a board game. It just seemed like such a strange mashup that I, I curiosity got the better of me, so I picked up the issue. Um, purely as a as an experiment to see what it was all about, and I'm glad I did. It, it's 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 a, a, a masterfully constructed comic book. I mean, um, basically, it's it's what you would hope. Of, listen, if you're going to make a book about about a board game, um, you, you 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 gotta you gotta get creative, and that's what Shaw does. He he, in essence, takes us to the dinner party with all of these characters from the board game, but where the mastery of the issue and why I enjoyed it so much comes in is that he uses almost Chris Ware esque, very tight, very thought, thought out, uh, organized visual mapping, almost like infographics at times to pay homage to the board game itself. Um, and he also pays homage to the, to the 1980s movie, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Um, which I and I don't know that uh, people that younger than us might not remember this, but one of the cool things about that movie was that there were four different endings, and it wasn't like they would do today, where you would see all the endings. They they you went to the theater and you got to see one of the endings, and this was also before the internet, so you basically were beholden to talking to your friends or family about what what happened to the at the end of the movie when they saw it and that was pretty neat stuff back then um, and that was before digital yeah no, so they actually yeah. got four different prints yeah exactly of, well at least four different final reels yeah of the movie and that's insane to con- con- to conceptualize that they would go to that those lengths to just was it completely random so even different people in the same town or were they like split up by region in the country. I, I don't know. No, it was different. It was, it was the same, and it was different town. It was, it was, yeah, it was different, different theaters, just different okay. theaters. Yeah. Um, so this comic is basically a, 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 it's meta. It's a comic about the board game, but it features the board game. It, it, it he, he, professor pulls out the the map that is the game board that we're yep. all familiar with. The, the game pieces are at the dinner table. The, 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 the there's, there's infographics that explain the rules. There's all kinds of other things like mazes and. Um, and it's it's and it's also at the same time a psychological. It's it's Professor Plum's psychological profile of what's going on as well. So it's it's very surreal, um, and it's it's incredibly well executed. I I have no idea if when the four issue I think it's four issues miniseries is over what's to come of it. But I I'm fully on board because I just thought it was just. Uh, just so unique and wonderfully executed and 
just a book that doesn't have any business existing, and that always excites yep. me. Yeah, I mean that that's really what excites. I mean that's I'm in that mode right now, and as Vince was saying about fickle, I, I I just I'm getting much more pleasure out of reading comics that are unique to anything I've read before, um, that are trying to do something different, and this certainly fits that bill. And uh, I got to give mad credit to. I don't know how that ever came about. I just, I couldn't, I mean, Vince, you know, I can't picture the, the run in that led to Dash Shaw taking a meeting with IDW. Right. Yep. Right? Exactly. Like I, like he's a snob. Like he's like, he's always struck me as one of those guys that would be sitting at a table with, with, with Spurgeon and the, you know, the, the comics journal guys like, like shitting on, yep on the, the licensed comics as being the worst of the industry. Well, that's what we, it's, that's what we like to assume. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Right. So that's what really is fascinating to me because maybe we're wrong. Maybe Dash is like, fuck it. Give me a, I need a paycheck. Got to, got to, you know, got to pay off my mortgage. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But whatever, whatever the reason behind it, which ultimately doesn't matter. Um, he crushed it. I thought. Even the most ultra creator, like Tom Scholey. Whoever thought he would do a book about Transformers? Yeah, it's right? another idea. Yeah, you're right. It's or, crazy. Or, or Michelle Fifa doing Sierra Morte. Exactly. Right. Yeah. The fact that this book exists it gives me hope that, I mean, it obviously goes beyond the board game. It's a conceptual territory that no one foresaw, which is awesome. But Shaw attacks it with his usual. I mean, he's a very comprehensive creator. He he goes all in. And I didn't expect, I mean, other than the fact that it was Dash Shaw, I didn't expect much out of this thing, but I should have known better going in because Shaw does nothing by the numbers. And this is not your average tie-in comic. I mean, this no, is this exactly. is not anything that came out of Marvel or, you know, to the lesser extent, DC. But I have to admit, I mean, even though it's in, a, in, a, in an aesthetic realm beyond a mere board game, when he said the one panel where it says, we'll lay mustard by the ham, like, I lost it. <laughs> I mean, what goes better with ham than mustard? <laughs> it's just, but it's so, it's so silly. But it makes perfect sense within the, the framework of what he was, he's established in this book. But I agree with you. Like This is something that no one could have predicted. And yet, we're all the better for the fact that it exists. It's, well, it, well, yeah, and, it, and, in, and perhaps what will sound as a contradiction to our earlier chat about the commerce aspect, I can't fathom what the commercial market appeal is for this book. Yeah, right. I, mean, I don't think I mean, there is any, really. Because, again, I, I suspect most people that have read the majority of Dashaw's work are not likely to stumble upon an IDW licensed book on the regular. But people and, do follow names, though. Yeah, well, but even that said, though, how much do we spend perusing the previews to make our videos and to order stuff? And I didn't see, I don't, I didn't notice Dashaw's name yeah. on this book because I frankly probably spent a millisecond on it once I got to IDW section and. So it was a board game book. I thought, oh, this is not for me, right? So I did. I didn't notice during the solicit it was Dashaw. I missed so, it as well. Yeah. So I, I mean, but either way, it's my point being, I, I, I don't know if this is a book that's going to rake in the sales, but I am very glad that it exists, regardless. Right. Same. It's insane. 
minutes. Meaning that it, it just it just cracks any kind of preconceived notions. It just destroys Yeah. Them. Yeah. I know we're gonna get like a Michael DeForge battleship book now. <laughs> connect <laughs> Connect Four. He'll do a book on Connect Four. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's so uh, beautiful too. Right? Yeah. I have something. I know you do. Better talk about it then. And it's not out of left field. It's from a company that is slowly, well, not slowly, becoming my, they may take my publisher of the year. If they continue on the track that they're going, they may take. a new picture box? You know, it's not, it's funny that you should mention that because they, they are in the, they're in that track. The, the needles in that picture box groove. And I'm talking about floating world comics. Nobody is going to be surprised that I read all-time comics, Zerosis Deathscape number zero. Why is nobody surprised? Well, because it was written and uh, partly illustrated by my man, Josh Bayer. And uh, his partner in crime on this thing is Josh Simmons of uh, Flayed Corpse. Is, uh, on the pencils, the inks are by Ken Landgraf. What? Yes, that Ken Landgraf. Uh, Josh Simmons did the lettering. And um, it's, it's a zero issue, so it's, it's, it's a soft, a very gentle nudge into what's, what's happening. It begins with a character called Time Vampire Scientist. <laughs> and and he looks the part, man. He's he's looks like a an old grizzled vampire with the cape and he talks about something called the foreverness. And it's it's a an area where where time and space is is malleable and he has this device where he can he can peer into this foreverness and and what he sees is he sees all of the the uh, prime locations within the all-time comic universe. He sees Optic City and Swan City. If you've read the all-time comic season one, if you haven't, what the heck is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Um, he sees uh, babies being born and uh, destruction and disaster. But, he, but he, uh, it, the, the neat thing is he sees some place called the Zeroverse. And he also sees a realm where G. Gordon Liddy is engaging with um, Richard Nixon. And that, of course, is Josh Bayer's work in the Raw Power series. So he's peering across the breadth of what Bayer has conceived, not only for all-time comics, but for his own stuff, too. And, And he's looking through this, and he sees an alien. And the alien... Is, is in this temple-like setting where there's a pyramid and there's all these little tiny pyramids and he and there's a mountain, a giant pyramid mountain and he, he does this this uh, incantation and the mountain sends forth a ray and it ignites the, the terrain and the, the alien changes form and he, he's peering across all time and space and he comes to Optic City in the 1940s. And he sees an orphan, 
and the orphan's wandering the streets, and he's just looking for something to eat. And he and he, he goes by a windowsill because he's he's read in the comics that sometimes people leave pies on the windowsill, and that kind of harkens to Josh Bayer's fascination with Harold Gray, and and the strips, and um, he doesn't see a pie, but the, this man, <laughs> this man comes to him, and he's he's all done up in a tuxedo and a top hat. And as he's talking to this orphan, there's a giant rat that's blowing him. <laughs> there's a giant rat giving him a blowjob. And he says, you know, you know, you'll get your money as long as you earn it. That's uh that's how you get ahead in this world. And he says ahead, the rat's actually giving him head. It's so silly. <laughs> right? But this kid this alien perceives that this kid is crucial. He's he's very important to what's going on. He sees the past and the future and the present, and it, we're all within this this foreverness. And this kid is 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 very important. So this kid gets accosted by these this this group of ne'er do wells, and they pin him against the wall and. And the kid fights back. He's like, "Stuff it in your hat, you chump!" And then they, the one guy smacks the kid. And from out of nowhere comes a superhero called the Red Maniac. And he, if you think, you know, speaking of the the JSA, if you think Red Tornado's original appearance with the the the, the colander on his head, the pot on his head, Red Maniac looks very similar to that. And um, Red Maniac tries to stick up for this kid. He's like, you know, leave him alone. And he fights these dudes. He, he has a scythe. And he, he sticks his, his scythe in one of the guy's balls. And that guy goes down. And he's he's trying to fight these dudes. But one guy's got a gun. And he plugs him. Bam, bam, bam. He, sticks, he shoots him in the shoulders. And Red Maniac goes down. And they're, they're just about to get the jump on this kid and do very nasty things to him when... This alien reaches across all time and space and sends a beam that destroys the ne'er do wells. And um, Red Maniac goes to the hospital. He give, before he does, he gives the kid a banana. <laughs> he gives him a banana. <laughs> the kid's eating the banana, and the alien's like, How important is this guy to what's going to happen? This kid, you know, I'm not telling you, but stay, stay tuned, you know? It's a zero issue, right? And then the the time vampire scientist comes in and says, you know, stick around because it's all the start. You're going to see what happens. There's a two-page text piece with uh, Josh Bayer and Josh Simmons. There's a two-page investigation into Trevor Von Eden and everything he's done, his DC work, his Batman work, his thriller. Um, And then you got a... Profile on Josh Simmons, Josh Bayer, Shaky Kane, who's doing Crime Destroyer in the all-time universe later on. A two-page look at Shaky Kane's Crime Destroyer. And then you got a plug for the all-time comics trade paperback, which came out from Floating World. The back cover is a pastiche on the Hostess Twinkie ads. Yes, uh, Red Maniac's driving down the street in this ridiculous contraption that's spewing Red Maniac snack cakes to all the kids. And he says, everyone knows I'm crazy for crime fighting, but I'm also a maniac for flavor. Now you can be a maniac too. 
Get the fantastic taste of maniacal adventure in every moist and delicious bite of Red Maniac Snack Packs. And it's basically a round hostess friggin' Twinkie. So, Bayer and company, they acknowledge that the Bronze Age is very important to what they're doing, but they're taking it in new and different directions. The cover is done by uh, Das Pastoris, and it's the Red Maniac about to hit the one of the ne'er-do-wells with his giant scythe with the tuxedo dude in the background getting blown <laughs> by the giant <laughs> by the giant rat um i this is to me what josh is doing josh and and his brother um are doing and, and everybody included are doing with this art all-time comics universe these are the kind of comics that really get my heart pumping this is what i want to see on a regular basis so please Head on over to Floating World Comics. Check out All Time Comics. The the trade, like I said, the trade paperback of season one of All Time Comics is out. And if I, I'm I'm going to read the 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 list of all the creators that participated in this thing: Josh Bayer, Sam Bayer, Steve Bissett, Andrew Buck, Rich Buckler Jr. Um, I won't read it all because Charles Forsman, uh, Herb Trempy, Shaky Kane, Ken Landgraf. Uh, Benjamin Mara, of course, Jason T. Miles, Tony Millionaire, Al Milgram, Anders Nielsen, Jim Rugg, Johnny Ryan. Like, it's a who's who of indie and Bronze Age creators. Read this stuff. It's so damn good. Like, it, this, I pulled this out of my box first thing because I had to read it just because my affinity for Josh and his work. But it's so rewarding. It's so beautiful. It's on newsprint paper. It's great. Just read all time comics and uh did, did, did you wish Josh a happy birthday? Of course I did. Of course you Today's did. Josh Bayer's birthday. I'm you know, funny you should mention that. So uh reach out to Josh, buy the comics. They're they're special. They're they're so damn good. All time comics number zero, Zerosis Deathscape. Read it. Sounds it fantastic. Is. It is. You'll love it. It's just no so weird. What does Josh do that it isn't worth? And loving. Right? Yep. What else do we have? Or do you guys want to wrap this up? I hope not. Um, there was a... Um, I was pleasantly surprised with um, a, uh, a recent IDW offering. Um... The first arc, because apparently in the last in the latest previews, um, the solicited issue is written by Jody Hauser, but uh, written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, uh, art by Stephen Thompson. This is Star Trek Year Five, and as someone who, of course, is aware that the original series ended with the third season, um, give me an issue number. Is it number oh, one? It's one and two. I'm going to okay. talk briefly on. Um, the uh, and then you have the, the the animated series for I think two seasons. So we never had the the fifth and final year mission of of the Star Trek Enterprise, and DC has had 
annuals in the past where they've, you know, talked about the final mission, things like that. Uh, but this particular story um, kicks off with uh, with a tie into the uh, Tholian web from the third Ooh, season. Nice. And um, and Thompson gets to draw the the Tholians and, and who, who are rather spider like in in their armor. Um, Wait, we didn't but, see the Tholians in the original episode, did we? That we 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 did on on the view screen. They did appear when they were when they were um, arguing with Spock when when they told Spock he had to leave, but they were Spock wouldn't leave until the time was right because Kirk was between the dimensions and and he didn't want to miss that window and um so they created costumes for like a couple minute scene yeah that's crazy well um i don't now, remember that the um i'm i'm still in the middle of of my of my rewatch i haven't gotten to the third season so i haven't <laughs> seen the the original cuz cuz the no the blu-rays i have are um they have the remastered versions which look Ugh. like poop when when you have the sheep uh, the the sheep the ship posting through on on screen um and they have the original the way it was aired on on TV um so I'm watching the way they were originally right aired. I would too but um but what I I like about Thompson's work and so far everybody looks you know the way they're supposed to look um but he even has kirk's mannerisms down because they're um kirk was given the news that uh at the end of their when, when they return home when they get back to to earth uh kirk is going to be promoted to admiral and and basically you know stuck behind a desk and he's he's not really looking forward to that and so while bones comes over to celebrate with him kirk is is talking to him and he and and thompson even draws him like you know the hands out doing that you know that whole shatner thing and and the way he just has the way thompson has kind of a lot of a lot of artists will just kind of draw the faces so, so you know who the actors who the characters are supposed to be they don't all really and everybody kind of just stands there it, it it very rarely in all the star trek comics i've read do you actually feel like this is how they would really behave in this story and even um even the way it reads the way the way the writers tell the story it moves at a pretty quick pace the way the episodes play out when you watch them on tv there's there's no it doesn't feel like you're reading a star trek comic book it feels like you're it's it's a comic book it, it's a star trek comic book that's basically the way it would be if you were watching it on tv i just nice. I, I think it i think they just did a really really solid job with this and and there is um in the second issue i i really love it because they actually um give some time to the other four and and there's a uh there's a scene on the bridge where kirk gives scotty the con and while kirk and spock and mccoy are 
conferring in a ready room, you have um, Yahura and Chekhov and Sulu and Scotty, and they all have time to shine, and and they're not they're not just shifted in the background. That's probably the one part where it may stray from from the show, but I think um, nobody is really uh, dressed down or feels as though this doesn't quite sit right with with with, with everything we've known ahead of before um the art i i think the likenesses are great um you know, spock sounds like spock everybody you know we even get the damn it jim i'm not a geologist line and there's just just <laughs> there's there's a i you know and and to use the the tholins you know he didn't the writers didn't decide to 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 pick on the klingons again or or um you know just Go back to right, you know, just just uh, just like you know, oh, here's a Gorn. It, it, they're just you know, listen, these are this is a salt um, vampire. <laughs> let's go way back to the man trap, but no, I think, um, like I said, it it, it reads slightly abruptly, similar to the show. Um, the uh, I, I just think you know the way the way everybody is presented. It just you know two issues in, and it reads like a, a, as if somebody took a script and just adapted that and and or as if they were doing storyboards from it It, it's just i really appreciate the um the work that they put into this it's one of idw's better trek offerings i I haven't read them all but um you know i i read this and then i read the q conflict which is pretty but it's doesn't doesn't have the soul Right, and and I think you know I I, do, I I love the whole idea of bringing all all the different shows together, all the different crews together to 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 solve this contest of champions like puzzle, um, and beat this challenge. But yeah, the, this the, this really really feels like Trek. Makes me happy that you're you're grooving on something that you you just genuinely love. Oh, thanks. Because you do love Star Trek. Out of all of us, you're like the biggest Star Trek mark. And oh, I mean, that's not even close. That's, no, <laughs> no, it's yeah, not. That really, and it's it's um the only person I know at all that I would say can give Dapper Run for his money on this is Daryl. Yep. I mean, Daryl oh, for sure. Star Trek too, yeah. but yeah, um, yeah. I have. Well, I, I don't I know if he reads the comics. Does he read the comics? Do you know? I know? He, I think he, I know he's interviewed. Um, Oh no no that was a prose novelist for one of the discovery books yeah I don't know I mm-hmm. I want to say he does I, it'd be, I I don't think he'd uh... I would guess that he does yeah I think so yeah speaking of things that uh, that 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 one of us loves more than the others have you seen Godzilla yet Vince uh, I want to tie my son into a pretzel because I wanted to go Saturday and I wanted to go Sunday and he didn't want to go each day so wow. I'm gonna get there before we record the next episode I'm gonna get there. It's funny you say that because it takes almost nothing to get my kids to go to a movie, right? I mean, just the thought of going to the movie and having popcorn and candy, they'll, they're down for whatever. And for the first time in ages, they didn't – they weren't falling all over themselves to see Godzilla because I wanted to go last weekend too. And um, a confluence of circumstances made that not possible. So Colin, my oldest, and I went to see uh, Brightburn at night without the other two. But uh, I told them this weekend that we're, I'm going to see it with or without them. If they want to come, awesome, but I'm going to go. So. Nice. Brightburn is the Superman analog? Yeah. Funny you've been talking about it. Yeah, Brightburn um, is the uh, – exactly. It's, 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 a, it's exactly what 
you think it's going to be from the preview. It is, what if when baby Clark Kent lands in the Kent's backyard, what if at puberty it turns out that instead of being the greatest person ever, um, he at puberty is is encoded to take over the planet. Not a novel concept, but not at all for the movies. Maybe straight on the nose horror movie, extremely gory. It's a Bloomhouse pick, so it's mm. all the all the deaths are extremely graphic. Um, Colin and I see every Bloomhouse movie pretty much together because he loves horror movies. Um, it, it a completely skippable movie. It was fine for what it was. I mean, it, it, I, it, if you feel like watching what it would be like if Clark Kent was evil as a child instead of good, that's that's what this movie is. Uh, it was fine. I mean, like it was totally fine for what it was. But I'm saying it's not like it's not like holy shit, you got to go see this movie. Well, no. you got to riff for like two minutes because I really got to pee. <laughs> I just, I just here to hear you riff. I just drank a, a Magnum. I got to pee. Hilarious, she just had a 40. Yeah, go ahead. 47. That's funny. Um, well, I will say that um, you mentioned briefly Dab Young Justice. Are you, You're caught up too, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. What, what, do you, uh, what do you think so far? Um, the sixth issue was the end of the first arc, and yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to um, – this was uh, probably going to be my new travels, which was just, just oh, a book. Okay. Well, no, 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 it's fine. It, it's um, – there are it's it's weird i probably should be burnt out on multiverse stories and um especially since you know bendis had john on uh earth 2 or wherever the crime syndicate is these days um we've uh i mentioned secret wars before um but at the end of the sixth issue, we're um, we're told where um, one of the inhabitants of Gemworld, Turquoise, she asks Emerald, um, "Where did you send Young Justice?" And the next issue says, "Next, lost in the multiverse." So the fact that we're going to get now Young Justice in the multiverse, whether it's for an issue or an arc. I'm excited to see. I think the, I think this arc was confusing AF. If you were just reading it from issue to issue or letting things pile up, I'm going to reread because the way Bendis told the story, you had things happening in present day, but then he would do flashbacks to what a particular hero uh, was doing prior to the first issue. So right. we had what Connor was up to. We had what um, Cassie was up to and uh, what, what, what um, Tim and Stephanie were doing in, in the, in the fifth issue. Um, that was, that was a little bit too jumping around for me. I, I, it didn't, it didn't need to be super linear, but um I think between the being in Gemworld and then cutting to flashbacks, plus the art changes, um, it it didn't exactly help me 
hold the plot. So uh, I'm going to reread, and I know it's I, I know it's going to make sense. It, it's just one of those things where I'm I'm trying to remember things that 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 um, that just that happened, and I'm not sure if it happened in a flashback or if it didn't. I do the sixth issue has art by John Timms, and it is stunning. It you is you are lying, yeah. I, I, I'm not. It's 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 not flawless, but it's close to it. There are pages that are just extremely drool worthy. I, I I couldn't look away. I, I just absolutely love the art in this, and and you'll have to tell me if he actually sells his pages or if he's digital. I know he does commissions, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I I'm pretty sure he works traditionally. I although that being said, I I, I don't. Oddly enough, I don't ever buy pages from Schachter, who's essential sequential. But I'm pretty sure Tim's is 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 traditional. I can tell okay. you. But yeah. I'm sorry. What are we uh, talking about? Young uh, Justice. Young Justice. And the, the, oh, sixth nice. issue, the sixth John issue. The sixth issue came did out. Such a great job. Yeah. Uh, so the first arc wrapped up Vince and now with the seventh issue young justice will be lost in the multiverse. And, um, we still don't know everything about everyone. We know very little about Jenny hex, except that she's the great granddaughter of Jonah and, um, and team lantern hacked into a power battery, which is how she is, who she is, uh, why she is. But, um, we don't know anything really beyond that. Um, he is traditional. Um, although I have to say, um, like he has pages from Harley Quinn five and six and in humans, Adelon rising. So it doesn't look like he is very much pushing it. I mean, there's, there's a couple years of, of sequentials oh. he's done that aren't on the site. So I don't know if he moved to digital or he's just not in a hurry to sell the stuff, but it's not on the site. So, okay. Tim's Harley stuff is great. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And his, I mean the, the, the stuff he did in this issue of, Young Justice is is close. I'm right. I'm right there with you. I I I, in a way, the sixth issue rescued the series for me. I yeah. I like the cat. I mean, I like the characters pretty much to a, to a character. I'm I'm down for all the characters. I I think Bendis does a good job with uh, with voices. Like I, I think you know I, I like I'm 100 percent cool with the with the with the voices. Uh, I. I uh, I'm on board of the unpacking the mystery of why they know each other versus they're not supposed to know each other and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Um, I love the exiles at Marvel. So if this kind of them jumping around the multiverse is that kind of thing, um, that could be fun, but I'm with you. I thought the, the, the first arc was in spite of liking those things. I, I it did feel it was disjointed. I, I didn't quite get why they felt compelled to be together and or why they would stay together. And um, so the sixth issue tried to solve some of that, but more importantly, at least it wraps, wraps up the gem world situation for now. I yeah. assume we'll revisit it because it ends on the cliffhanger and, and, and Amethyst is part of the team now. So I presume we'll have another journey into the gem world, assuming that the book continues to, to exist. Um, but I'm very much now looking forward to the second arc. This, this is I'm hoping that this is one of those books where the first arc isn't exactly the best foot forward, but it sets up the, the book, it sets up the characters, and then we get a second arc that's more that resonates better. So that, that's my hope because I, I, I there are there are a lot of things I like about it, including the art team, including the the individual characters, and even the new ones. I'm intrigued by the new ones. I you know I yeah. think Teen Lantern's clever. It's a clever name, and 
and Ginny Hex, I love that, and she's got this trunk full of stuff, and we got a we got a second or third act kind of reveal where she opens up the trunk and there's some kind of glowing thing, and she doesn't know what to do with it, so I'm sure that'll play into this. So, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that the second arc is a more holistically entertaining uh, than is more holistically entertaining than the first arc was for me. Yeah, yeah, I think the framing secrets with them trapped. In, in Dark Opal's prison, and it just some of it was just a little too long. I think, I, I mean, as great as Gleason's art is, I don't know if we needed so many double page spreads because I don't think that really um, helped everything congeal. It was just, it was maybe six issues was too long, but I get it. You know, we wanted to make sure that everybody had a little bit of time to shine as we were introdu- reintroduced to some people. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I pretty much. Total agreement. I, I I still think it started off strong. It may have been entered a bit in the middle. It ended strong for a six, the sixth issue, even though there was no real conclusion because now it's just where'd they go. But um, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm still still on board for where we're going. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. I think Bendis has a uh, has a good handle on on the characters, especially um, especially Bart, who was never really a out of all the characters on Young Justice, he, he wasn't my favorite, um, but I am totally not finding him as annoying as I used to. Nice. It's kind of blasphemy. What? Bart. Bart's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He believes you. Okay. No, yeah. I like Bart. It, it was Daphne one that says he had a problem. I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, all right, but you know, I like Barry, so you know that tells you all I need to know. Yeah, you're somewhat misguided, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, everybody, thank you for being here with us one more time. Come back next time, but uh, remember to solicit our sponsor because you're not going to find comics cheaper anywhere else. The list of specials, the three that I pulled, begin with Scout Comics. You got Planet Caravan number one with uh, Stefano Cardoselli for $2.19. That's 40% off, 45% off, sorry, the three ninety nine cover price. Wildcats is back at DC with Warren Ellis and Ramon Villalobos, and it's $1.99. And over at Image, still, they're on, a, they're on a roll. We got Coffin Bound, number one, by Dan Walters and Danny, and it's $1.99. That's 50% off. The three ninety nine cover price in your travels. Again, shocking no one from Antarctic Press, one of my favorite publishers. This is a little book called Jungle Comics, number one. Dap is going to exclaim in dismay, but it was written by Chuck Dixon. And the art is by Kelsey Shannon, uh, at least on the main story. It tells the tale of Kaanga, the king of the Mukunda tribe. And uh, Kaanda is just another word for Tarzan. He he fits the template. He was raised in the jungle. And um, he's blonde. So he's a kind of a Khazar amalgamation with Tarzan. Um, when the book starts, he's fighting Tachupa, the crocodile. And he kills the crocodile and drags him out of the the uh, the water. And he's like, okay. Uh, he talks to his his uh, buddy, Bokufu, 
who is a member of the uh, Mukunda tribe. And he's like, all right, this thing will never kill our younglings again. Um, you're welcome. And I'm going to drag this thing back to my girl, Anne, who's waiting for me up in the tree. And Anne is a beautiful brunette. And she's just lazing around all day in a hammock reading Vogue or fashion magazines. And she wants to go into the city because she's bored and she needs she needs some civilization in her life. And that's when um, Kiki the monkey comes to Ka'anga and, and the monkey says in, in monkey language, which Ka'anga can understand because he's of the jungle. And uh, Kiki says, bad stuff's going down. And this Mount Umbezi, at the foot of Mount Umbezi, there's a terrible, terrible beast that's slaughtering all it encounters, and you need to you need to help out. Um, the whole time, Bufuku's buddy Mabesa, he thinks Kaanga's a big old jerk. He's like, this guy is not fit to lead our tribe. He's a buffoon. He he's he's not king material. Why are we following this guy? And Bufuku says he's he's good. He's a good man. We need to follow him. So they arrive at the 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 village that's at the foot of Mount Umbezi, and they look around, and everything is, every, it's destroyed. Everybody's dead, with the exception of one little girl, her mother. When, when shit was going down, this girl's mother took her, and she hit her. And um, the little girl tells the tale of Wathusu Maza, and it's the snake god. This thing destroyed the whole village and killed everybody. But it's not a snake. It's a velociraptor. And so it's it's a, a tale of Ka'anga versus a Velociraptor. And it does not end in the manner to which you would expect. And there's a backup story written and drawn by Ben Dunn. David, from what? Ben Dunn? Oh, um, um, Empowered. No, no, that's Adam Warren. Um, Ninja High School. Thank you. Yes. Ninja High School's Adam, or, yeah, you got me doing it. Uh, ben Dunn illustrates a tale, writes and illustrates a tale called Shauna the Fire Hair. And it's a fiery-haired jungle goddess who gets abducted by a uh, mechanical contraption and brought to a, uh, what I'm assuming is a spaceship, and she encounters something that would not be out of place to anyone who has ever read and enjoyed Albedo. So this is a three ninety nine comic from Antarctic Press, and I recommend it highly because the illustration contained within is outstanding. Uh, ben Dunn is he's a given; he's a great illustrator. But this Kelsey Shannon, man, this this opening story is gorgeous. It looks to be a cross between uh, Kieran Dwyer and maybe little bit of Joe Kubert thrown in, which is entirely appropriate for the jungle genre. But it was just a great read. And um, aside from the, the opening story, the uh, the backup, this uh, Shauna the Firehair, is continued. So there will be a Jungle Comics number two. So for my money, Jungle Comics number one from Antarctic Press was just uh, the gravy on top of an already great week. Take it away. I, I, there's this. 
the uh I do have such a love for the jungle comics. I know you don't, both of you don't, but, no, but it's, I love it's, it. Oh read jungle comics, I mean it was it was amusing when you uh of course you, you mentioned Chuck Dixon and you know I know you I don't I, I'm supposed to it's whatever. He, there, there's he's, no. He's, he's written. He's written stories. People dig. That's, yeah. That's cool. There's that's, no soapboxing in it. It's just a straight out tale of a of a guy that was raised in the jungle, fighting fighting monsters and going to help people that that need help. That's all. He's a bit of a. He's good at what he does, but he, in the end, he's a bit of a bumbling buffoon. He bites off a little more than you can chew. Let's just say that. Uh, in your travels, I will run with uh, an annual that came out yesterday. Uh, it's an anthology of sorts, and probably the only thing I that an irk is a strong word. It's it's a prologue to Guardians of the Galaxy number seven. One we're still waiting for the sixth issue to drop any day now. So a um, little early on that, but it does tie into what happened at the start of Donnie's Guardians of the Galaxy where um when when of course um all our cosmic characters were waiting to hear the uh, last full intestine of Thanos, they were attacked by the Black Order and um who opened up a black hole, cast several heroes into the abyss, and a group of heroes escaped, reformed the Guardians of the Galaxy, but um there were many who weren't so lucky. This is the story of a couple of them. Um, the framing sequence, the first and, and um, first page and the last couple of pages are titled Faith. They're written by Donnie Cates, art by John McRae and Mike Spicer. Um, a Long Time in Politics is a Nova story written by Al Ewing. Uh, our good friend Yildirei Sinar is the artist. Um, Rain Burrito on Colors. Advent Horizon by Tinney Howard, Ibrahim Mustafa, yay, and John David Ramos on colors. That is about uh, Warlock. And the last story uh, is a Dark Horse, is a Dark Horse, is a Dark Hawk story by Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler as your writers. Uh, Felipe Andrade on art and Mike Spicer again coloring that. Um, The Nova story, the Richard Ryder story, is a conversation mostly between Quasar and Nova. Um, Quasar is basically telling them that Nova's kind of seen some things, not happy with uh, how some things went down. Quasar's telling them it, it, it's not, can't be all bad. It won't be all bad. Um, Nova kind of takes umbrage with, with the way um, Quasar's, presenting himself and and uh, kind of not belittling, but almost dismissing what Nova's gone through. Um, and Nova flies away and Quasar kind of uh, disappears into a bright white light. Um, the Warlock story deals with um, some aliens who are praising a god they've never seen before, but uh, and they mistake Warlock as that um, as that god. Uh, we find out who the actual, in air quotes, god is. 
Um, and then we go to the Darkhawk story, which is is really kind of short. It's the shortest one of them of all of them. I mean, except for the this, this the short framing story. Um, and it's it's pretty much all an inner monologue of um of what uh of what Darkhawk is thinking and, and it's just it's kinda weird. And since I haven't read a Darkhawk story in, in ages, even because he was part of the um Infinity, the Wars. Infinity Wars, right? Yeah. yeah, I didn't and I didn't read that yet, so maybe that'll um help uh clear some things up. But um it's it's a weird little story. And again it ends with um with a panel of, of bright white light. Um and Cosmo, our, our favorite uh cosmonaut dog, he um he seems to be under the um influence of the um the Universal Church of Truth. And that's who um and and that's where the whole faith um is constantly coming into play, but um, Cosmo was able to find all the heroes he could find, and um, and now the uh, this um, now they're now they're looking for Peter Quill, and then that's where it continues into Guardians of the Galaxy number seven. But of course, again, I said that um, not next week. Um, yeah, week later in two weeks. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy number six will be on sale, so that will end the first arc, and then we'll find out what was going on. And this annual will um, come into play. But yeah, I um, I wasn't sure. I, I you know I dig anthologies, and I've been enjoying Guardians of the Galaxy. So uh, I think if anything, this may have caused me to um, add the, the Silver Surfer Black um, series on. On my pull list because I wasn't sure if I was feeling that, but apparently it's supposed to tie into all this. So my longest in your travels is basically just me saying, "Get the Guardians of the Galaxy annual." You weren't feeling Silver Surfer Black. It's Trad Moore. I know it's Trad Moore, and, and it was just, but I wasn't sure. But but it's also Silver Surfer, bro. So it's it's one of those things Whoa. where yeah, seriously, <laughs> come who, on, who are you? Silver Surfer greater than Silver fucking Marvel Universe. Come oh, dude, just... now see why'd you shit in my tapioca? <laughs> Uh, speaking of Silver Surfer Black, uh, the first two issues were sold sight unseen, complete to a collector. Oh my goodness! Yeah, oh, man, he's on fire. That Trad wasn't going to sell the art; he was going to hold on to it. But so much for that. Felix, he got an offer he couldn't refuse. That's great. Good fam. Yep. Um, in your travels, I'm going to tell you about the best thing that I read this week. Uh, it is by Arkea, which is now an imprint of Boom. So technically, I guess it's by Boom, but the Arcade imprint. Um, it is um, what seems to be a running theme with me these days. This is a U.S. adaptation of a prior Bound SNA French graphic novel that was printed a few years ago. Uh, it is by Ingrid Chabert, who's the writer, and art by Carol Morel. It is called Waves. It's a hundred-page book, and this is exactly the kind of book that Vince mentioned earlier as having. He has no time or interest in. <laughs> it is. It is a. It is a personal story of Ingrid's journey with her partner um, through 
what was they basically have um, it's a, she's a she's a lesbian she's gonna she and her partner have been having trying to have children for some time and and they can never get pregnant they finally are able to get pregnant and uh, it's a period of extreme excitement as a result because it was a long journey and unfortunately um, they lose the baby miscarriage she's stillborn he is stillborn uh, and so it's uh, it's it's a it's basically a graphic novel from a little bit up, a little bit leading into them attempting to get pregnant to the journey of the pregnancy and the miscarriage, and then the uh, dealing with that and coming to terms with it, and then coming out um, successfully and 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 finding a way to be happy again on the other side. And um, what's neat about this is that uh, Carol, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Carol's there, Ingrid. Um, was or is I should say a very successful children's book uh, writer. It's how she makes her living. This is her first graphic novel, and um, it was this journey and then finding a way to to be happy about life again that led her to becoming um, a, a children's book writer. And then for years she was writing children's books, and then finally, after enough time had passed, she decided to tackle this. Um, and and deal with it. And uh, listen, it is a, it is a it is a sad topic, um, but it has a I think very uplifting ending. And you know, bluntly speaking, um, miscarriages are a very common thing, as is as is difficulty in trying to conceive um, for a lot of people. So um, your mileage may vary here. If that's a subject that will that's very difficult for you to deal with, then I wouldn't recommend reading this. Um, but I thought it was fantastic, and I, I have to give props to um, to Carol, the artist. Um, I, I think that the thing that I'll most remember about this book is that um, it's in color in the beginning, then the miscarriage, the next third of the book is basically all in black and white, and then ever so slowly, you start seeing little pops of color in the pages as Ingrid gets her her life back. And then the book ends in the final pages where it's full color again. She's 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 come out of it and and, and is and is okay again. So um it's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. It's it's completely intimate. It's it's in the book itself there the, the two women are not named. They're unnamed but um but it's it's very much um Ingrid and her partner's personal story and uh uh I found it incredibly moving and, um, and, and the better for having read it. So give it a try. Uh, it is, uh, by Archaea and it's uh 1499 cover price. So I'm guessing it's like 10 bucks on in stock trades or something like that. Nice. Yeah. Again, not something I expect either of you to dive into any suit anytime soon, but I might read it, Mm-mm. but it's, it's pretty damn. It was an impressive effort. Sweet. I'll tell you, man, I got to get to France. Because I'm picturing walking into like a French bookstore and just seeing a thousand graphic novels that I want to own. Oh, sp- for sure. Do you speak the language? I can figure it out. Google Translate. It's <laughs> 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 be that hard. Well, I mean, it's probably nothing on me because I have tons of Japanese books I can't read either. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, I can read French probably a lot better than you can read Japanese because I can read Spanish easily enough. Oh, for real? 
Yeah, but I can always hand the book to my daughter and have her translate it for me. Wait, what? Yeah, Mia. <laughs> Mia speaks Japanese? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. She taught herself. That is incredible. She's insane, dude. Yeah. Wow, good for her. Yep. She's, That's awesome. She's amazing. Yep. That's neat. Yep. Can't get her to get up on time for school, but she's she's amazing. <laughs> Geniuses do what they do. That's true. On there, when they do it. That's very true. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us one more time around. We love you so much for doing it. And if you would like to experience more of this in a different format, come to the Facebook pages, Always Kicking. We're on Instagram and Twitter and all other avenues of, of the socials. And we would love to have you because we can't do this without your participation. So uh, do that. And uh, check out our Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, one one, no apostrophe. Check that out. It's always hopping. In the meantime, do what we do and say goodnight. <laughs> oh, shit. Thank you, Hurricane. Thank you, Budweiser. Uh, David. Ah, I... I'm so happy. Ah, yeah, right. It's just so cute. David. Ah, I'm going to give you that one. I think you were pretty much, you were close. So I'm going to give you that. <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're just in the woods, but I was yeah. looking the other way and I just, kicked the ball right in the in the green. Uh huh. So there. You guys golf? No. Really? I love to golf. I know we've talked about this. Before. I guess uh, yeah. golf is like bowling. Like it's two sports that you probably just discount entirely. Oh, I love you ever golf? Like you never say I went golfing. I like you what? Like how? Like you never say oh I went golfing this week? Like when? Well, I don't do it right on the regular, but I enjoy it. I have a set of clubs in the storage unit. Like, how often do you golf? Like, once a year? No, about... Mm, once every four, five weeks, maybe. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> you are a fucking mystery. I love to golf. <laughs> We've been friends for a decade. I've never once heard you be like, yeah, man, I hit the links this week. It was awesome. Did you put a ball in a hole? I mean, it's, you know... You still like doing it. Who do it's, you golf with? Um, friends. Okay, what is this a fucking mystery? <laughs> I don't. I don't have my own. I don't have my own cleats. What is this clue candlestick? No, it's. A, I. You know, I don't. I have my own clubs, but I don't have my own cleats. They're all in Canada. You don't know them. Yeah, it's not. You know, on the hierarchy of sport, it's not bowling, but I do enjoy golf. How bowling, often do you bowl? Oh, uh, I. That's that's my fault. I haven't gone bowling in jeez months. But I oh, love okay. I love to bowl. Yes. Oh, I know you love to bowl. See that I knew. I, I mean, and I knew you golfed, but I didn't know you golfed like once a month. Yeah, I try to. Wow. Even if it's a driving range, I just love to go out and hit balls hmm. that aren't F you know driver at the driving range on somebody's chin. And I dragged us down. I'm sorry. One more time. Yeah, I know. I don't have to work blue. Too talented. We love you so much. Come back. We'll be here waiting for you with a hot and or cold beverage and maybe some finger food. So just come on back. 
because again, agua fresca. Yeah, we couldn't do without you. We love you. Say good night, people. Video. Jason. Bye. That's the whispering. Say it out loud. Bye. Hey, I'm proud. There you go.